Clary Podcast, starring Aaron Clary and Ronald Reagan. Special guest stars Thomas Sowell and Milton Friedman. Tonight's episode Renegade Economist. So you're using Gold Wave, huh? I am using Gold Wave, yeah. Huh, because we use, well, you saw, we use Audacity, so. Well, I know you guys saw the Audacity Supreme or Super Superior Race or Super Race, but I've always used Gold Wave. See, I've never used it. Is it, is it pretty good? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's, yeah. it, Audacity's just as good. I just, that's all I've been using is that, and it, well, Audacity is free too. Yeah. And I just, um, Yeah. So. Right, so do you do all your editing in here as I do well? all my editing in here. But really? It, and it's way more powerful than what... It has, obviously, way more tools than what I'm capable of learning mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just treading water. Um, <laughs> and I've started out sourcing... Oh, it sounds good. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, no, it, it comes in good. The trick is to have a good mic, but yep. um, that's what I'm using. Anyway, so this is, uh, this is the Clary Podcast. We have a guest, as if you guys could not tell, uh, it's Tom. Hey! And uh, Tom has... Well, why don't you explain it, because I'll explain why I'm having you on today. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, Aaron. Um, Tom, I'm from smallscalelife.com. It's a blog all about, uh, well, trying to minimize your footprint, user resources, gardening, uh, weight loss, weight loss journey. Uh, Aaron and I have known each other for a few years mm-hmm. here and through other projects and everything, but uh, we started talking this week, and he, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about some ideas we're kicking around. Right, and the, the reason, I uh, better get closer, Right, this is not the fanciest recording setup. People think we're professionals. No, I know, <laughs> I know, I got the little Plantronics, you know, microphone and everything, it sounds all right, it's you know. It's so funny, like, oh, wow, okay. and it, and like, I've had people come into my studio, like, this is it, I'm like, the yeah, studio. this is it, yeah, <laughs> and, 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 it, on the, and what's even sad is, like, the mobile studio is just the laptop with my crappier microphone, like, this is it, I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is it, this is where the, quote, magic happens. The magic happens. Anyway, <clears throat> no, the reason I'm having you on, and yeah. the reason I'm going to explain it is, I finally got caught up with all this crap. Yeah. And now now I get to move on to new stages. All right. Where it's, all right, now we start thinking about getting secondary citizenship. Mm. Now I'm starting to think about, um, what else? Just just all this Being stuff. Being more sustainable and Sustain, that kind of yeah, stuff. And yeah, then, and now all of a sudden I'm thinking like, okay, I got to start thinking about food supply because I was sure. looking at my diet, and my diet is go down to the Hy-Vee mm-hmm. or go down to the Byerleys in Roseville. Right. yep. And... Buy food that was made for me. Yeah. And the last time I ever made any kind of food was maybe in college or in my 20s where I took the pizza, put it in the oven, mm-hmm. and then I applied heat. I don't know how to grow. And that's that's the thing. That's like the insurance policy I want to start exploring and going down. And I know you and Jay, um, you, you guys are talking gardening. And you talk yeah. to all these people and hydroponics and all that. So yep. because... I'm lazy, mm-hmm. and because I want to be efficient, and because all of my listeners also want to be efficient, and invariably would have an interest in this, like growing your own food for a post-apocalyptic world, mm-hmm. we want to do it easy and lazy. Right. We don't want to, because honest to God, well, you got, you, you're married, you have a girl, yeah. you're yep. aware of women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they, 
does she ever watch the HGTV? Oh, that's a favorite. That's favorite. Oh, yeah, oh, Property yeah. Brothers and all that stuff, yeah. and constantly changing the house. Sure, oh, yeah. flip, flip or flop. Or oh, yeah. What's yeah. the one? Spend more money. That's what it is. <laughs> Go what to the is? store and spend more money. But these girls will take it to a freaking extreme. Yes. My girlfriend, she's, I call it they say. Yeah. Because she always comes and says, yes. she, when we first started dating, mm-hmm. she pulls out this bottle of echinacea. I can't even remember what it was. A toothache, a plugged up nose, whatever. The answer was always echinacea. echinacea. Yeah, I have yeah. cancer. Yep. I put some echinacea, echinacea on I got, it. I yep. got a toe wood. Put some echinacea. <laughs> and yeah. So I was like, where do you get in, in coconut oil? Coconut oil is the savior of all oh, things. Oh, yeah. yeah, put some coconut oil on I'm like, I got an idea for coconut oil. I hear you. And it ain't going to be. But anyway. Because that's what we're going to do. That's what we're so, yeah. uh, Sorry, I came out. <laughs> so, and I said, okay, well, where'd you hear? Oh, they say. They and, say. And I'm like, no, no, who's that? Is that the yeah. American Medical Association? Oh, you wouldn't want to listen to mm. them. I'm like, no, why would I want to listen to a bunch of doctors? Right. You know, so what What I have a problem with or what I, because I'm not, I'm not in gardening. And I right. don't frankly want to get into, because sure. you can go, books, volumes of books can be written, probably have been written about it. I want to know, like we were talking, the P51 yeah. garden. P51 referring to the P51 Mustang. And the reason yep. I call it P51 is because the P51 was easily mass manufactured, yep. easily repairable, right. easy to fly, mm-hmm. and magically uh, through, I would say, not somewhat designed but also accident, end up becoming a masterful, the, the best fighter pilot, fighter plane right. in the World War II theater. Right. What is like the P fifty one garden? I mean, just some basics. Yeah. Like, you know, here we are. We don't want to. We don't want. We don't have time to read. Yeah. We true. don't. You know, what are we growing? What do we do? What you know? What about fertilizer? I mean, kind of give us the basics of that. Right. That and and I think the from people I've talked to, uh, their biggest hangups with gardening is weeding. I and that's been weeding. my pet peeve is weeding. You get weeds. You know, like the tradi- like your parents probably had. They had this big plot in the back, and they right. threw the crap in there, and all of a sudden it weeded up, and your cho- your chore was to go out and pick the weeds. Okay. Terrible. It's just, it's misery. It's bad. It's a time sink. It's a time, yeah, and it produces no value whatsoever. So right. weeding is a big problem. Second thing is, we all get so busy with our lives. We, um... We don't have time to, we forget to water the damn thing. So you've got all these great looking plants at the beginning of the season. It gets hot in July and August and everything dies. Okay. So watering and weeding are the big two. So the concept is, and I've been playing around with on Small Scale Life, is wicking beds. And this is big down in Australia where they have really hot seasons and, and they have a water reservoir. The, the water soaks up into the soil and automatically waters and because it's manufactured so you don't have to worry about contamination clay nematodes you know the junk that's gonna you know contaminate your food or kill it you know so you manufacture your soil you put it in a container you have another container reservoir underneath it and it it soaks up into the soil and the plants get what they need Okay, So, so basically what we're talking like a big bucket in the ground with two layers? Um, you could do it that way. I mean, I've got a pot with another uh, uh, reservoir underneath. It's just like a okay, little okay, yeah, thing. So, yeah, 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 yeah right, language. right language. Nobody knows. Right, okay. So, basically... I'm in South Dakota. Right. I've escaped the hordes. Mm-hmm. Maybe killing a couple people that try to cross the, the, the Missouri River over in Chamberlain. You know, just as party right. shots to, right. to, to the trash, okay? Now I have my empty land. What am I building, this reservoir thing that you're talking about? Um, what? I have a vision for P51. Okay. But what I would, I mean, 
I would use raised beds, and I would figure out a way to have a bladder of water, um, uh, some water underneath. Okay. And uh, use like a um, a drain tile, three inch drain tile, and you put that underneath. You have rock or sand layer. Then you have a barrier like landscape fabric or an old tarp with holes in it. Okay. Then you have your soil on top. Soil so on that top. so the water and you have a pipe that goes into that that drain tile. So you fill up and you have a bleeder hole. So once that once that water fills up that pipe in the sand, it'll leak out the side and you'll say, Okay, I've got enough water in there. You just completely and, confused me. Okay. Okay, so we've got a layer of of sand or gravel. Is this on the top or the bottom? Bottom. On the, the bottom. I, I dig a hole. Yes. Okay, I dig a hole. I yep. put sand down. Yes. Okay. With with a pipe, with a drain tile in it, like a three inch pipe with holes kind in it. Kind of like something around like a sump pump? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. With so, holes in it, right? With holes so the in water it. you're gonna fill up that pipe, the pipe's gonna fill up the sand, and that's gonna be your water reservoir. Okay. Right? Alright. Yeah, so, so then so then you have a barrier so you don't get your good dirt down in the sand. You don't want that. Okay. So it's just like landscape fabric, right? Because okay. water can come through. But the roots and everything will not penetrate it, right? Okay, so where's the what, the water so, is underneath the landscape yes, fabric? Okay. Yes, water and sand and pipe are underneath the landscape fabric. Okay, and then how does the water get up? Does It'll it, wick up. It's gonna. It will it's wick like, up. It's like, like putting your t-shirt. Yeah, or okay. putting your t-shirt in the edge of a puddle. Suddenly, the whole t-shirt's wet because oh, it's okay. soaked up into <clears throat> the into the t-shirt. Right. I'm dumbing it down. No, that's I don't yeah. I know, right? If I don't get it. My moron listeners, I mean, my great, great, love it, my wonderful no. listeners. All of these great <laughs> listeners, absolutely. So, yeah, the idea is it's it's like putting your t-shirt in the edge of a puddle, okay. right? So um, then above that landscape fabric, you've got your good soil, your okay. compost, your black soil, your black dirt. Manure. Manure, yeah. Okay. And you're going to plant, you know, in about six-inch layer. You know, for the P51, it'll be different, but you'll have this... This layer of really good soil that you're ma- you're bringing in manufacturing with the with the manure and the right. compost and that kind of stuff, right. and your plants will grow in that, and it's not going to penetrate down into that sand layer, but that's where all your water is, so it's automatically going to wick up, okay. and it's going to make your job a lot easier. You won't have to water as much. No voles. No voles. I mean, you'll have to put in fence. You know, if you're out in South Dakota, you're yeah. going to have deer and stuff and sure. rabbits. You'll have to put out fencing, all right. but. Well, that's down the road. That's so down the road. Okay. P fifty one is that concept on a small scale. That concept on a small scale. Small scale. Okay. Small container with some kind of a pipe and some uh, and a layer of sand in it. Okay. Same concept. Maybe some landscape fabric. Good soil, and then you're going to plant stuff you like to eat. I would recommend like greens, your lettuce, your spinach. Does lettuce have really good? Health, though, I mean, kale, kale, kale is yeah. Well, no, kale I'm just saying, post-apocalyptic. Yeah. I mean, is, oh, lettuce that'll keep me in the field for ten seconds. I mean, is lettuce really nutritious? Yeah, it is. Oh, well, yeah, like spinach is spinach. Yeah, spinach and, and kale, kale and that kind right. of stuff. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, um, but then you can also, you know, herbs are important, you know, for healing and making your food taste a little better. All you right. know, but you can also have something like that for herbs. All right. um, you know. Big bang for your buck kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, potatoes, that's always good. But the, you'll probably need a different setup for that. Yeah, because they grow into the ground. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of your listeners are not gardening right now. They're just not. No. They're in college. They're college age. They're young adults. They're on the move. They're trying to... 
And they've got the hustle. Yeah, right? they got the hustle. They got the hustle. Yeah, some of them might be gardening, and they're right. probably yelling and screaming right now. They're, no, they say that you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you can do raised beds. I use raised beds right now. They work great. This wicking bed stuff is working really good. Um, the wicking bed, but okay, but we're not putting like a, a plastic shield around in this hole. We just dig a hole, put the sand down, put the drainage tile down, fill it with water, put the um, landscaping cloth down, then good dirt. And then we put our plants in. Right. You'll have to have some kind of sides, like a metal side or wood sides or something right. to keep it all together. Okay. But, all right. So then yeah. we are putting... There is some kind of a raised bed there, yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. But that's embedded into the ground. Right. And a raised bed just happens to be all that, but it's what's stacked up. Right. Or you have some yes. kind of like shelving. Ground. I've seen yep. Okay. Yep. So you, you yep. can use three-dimensionality. Yes. Okay. All right. All yeah. Right. And now, say you're in a hard scale, you're in a condo mm-hmm. like Jay. You okay. know, I've got the system I'm using right now that I'm using dollar store baskets with soil in it. I've got this box made out of two by twos and um, a liner a liner from like uh, Menards or Lowe's or Home Depot that are, is in the paint section, right, for a drop cloth. Okay. But that holds the water in it. And these baskets are sitting in the box where the water is. And the baskets have the soil just wicks up. So I've got peppers, I've got cucumbers, I've got... Uh, I've done kohlrabi and broccoli and cool. basil, and, and this is all on my driveway. I don't have anything, you know, you could put it right out in the street out here in the WBL. Yeah, you're you know? not, and you're not tilling your front yard no. or anything like that. No, I mean, there's urban gardeners that are doing that, but no, I'm a renter, so I cannot till up all till my up stuff. All yeah, stuff. so I've got to be creative. I've got to move it because we have snow up here. So everything I build in the driveway has to be able to be pulled off and moved. So... Yeah, I mean it's a different way to attack it. So even if you're in a if you're in a condo or you're in an apartment, you could grow stuff on your balcony, or you know. Do, do you want the economist take on like post apocalyptic? If you're living in a condo or you're downtown, well, you're dead. No, <laughs> you know how you survive uh, by taking other people's stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you take getting other, out. You try and get out. Okay, you get yeah. out. But let's say you can't get out, and right. all of a sudden you're in starvation. You know what you're going to do to survive? Oh, terribly sorry. Yeah, you just have to eat, eat other, other people. people. Yeah. Everyone's like, "There's not going to be any food." I'm like, uh, "Actually, yeah, there's going to be a be ton a lot of food. food. There's yeah. going to be a lot of food. It's just right. whether you can you can say, well, they're dead, and it's yeah. either him or me, and he yeah. doesn't exist anymore.' So well, it's it's a big deal. I mean, um, right in the crash of 2008, you know, with a big mortgage, I was like, "Oh crap! What if I lost my job? What? At least I can grow something. We can eat that for a while, right. you know." And um, yeah, okay, I, I couldn't sustain the whole family on what I was doing, but it was starting to build the skills. You know, you have to start somewhere, start small, you know, and uh, tilling up your whole yard, that's a big endeavor because then oh, you got to get... anchored there too. You're well, anchored, yeah. you got to get water there. You might have the city coming down, breathing on you because hey, you've tilled up your whole yard and that's against the code yeah, and, and right. suddenly the property values and all the people are running oh around, oh, no! My child's allergic to pumpkins! Right? <laughs> exactly. So, um... Yeah, the wicking bed is a good way to go. Um, I'm thinking, you know, f- to get people introduced to it, you know, right. to because again, you're not weeding, you're not having to worry about watering. You're just it's there and it works. Why, why don't you worry about watering? You just fill up the reservoir once, and that's supposed to last an entire growing no, season. Oh, well, you have to you have to check the soil. You know, put your finger in it. Does it feel cool? And it's got okay. water in it. But you know, you do have to fill it up occasionally. But that way, you know, it's the water. You know, I'm not the plant whisperer. I. Is a plant thirsty or not? I don't know, but the water's there, so it can get as much as it wants. Okay. And you'll see, even with these uh, baskets in the in the res- in the in the box, 
the roots come out of the basket and they're down in that water. They want the water because they're just soaking it up, especially the cucumbers, man, because cucumber is oh, 90%, 90% water, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, it's one way to go about it. So, Okay, so what are we talking about in tools and equipment to run this? Just like, I mean, when I built... I mean, we're talking... Uh, More carpentry tools, I'd imagine, just setting it yeah, up. Yeah, dr- uh, like a drill, some okay. deck screws, you know, something that's not going to rust. Um, I'm just using pine boards. It's only good for a couple of years, but ideally it'd be cedar. But again, that's higher cost stuff. Um, some people get creative and use, like, the um, the corrugated metal, you know, for the sides, because they don't, that doesn't rust, or that doesn't rot out as okay. quick. So it's a long-term thing. Uh, landscape fabric, um, you'll, um, if you're using wood, you'll have to use, like, a saw. But pff, Menards or Home Depot or Lowe's, I mean, these places have pre-cut stuff, and probably in the spoil pile you can find a two-by-two-foot, you know, two-by-four that mm. you can use for sides, you know. Um you know, and, uh, and that's it. It's really basic. Maybe a level, just because you want this thing to be level. If it's skewed to one side, so all the water is going to go, go to right, downhill. Right. Well, no, I, I just, and another aspect of it is like, you know, we, we luxuriously say, well, yeah, we just run down to Home Depot and Menards. I'm like, yeah, what if it's burned down to the ground and mm. there is no Home Depot and Menards? It's like, what, you know, this you could still do the, um, what was the, the technique you said, you, the multiple layer? Yeah. What was that called? The 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 uh, the wicking bed. The, the wicking yeah, bed. Yeah, the okay, wicking. Like wicking. Yeah. Like the w- okay, a wicking bed you can make. A, you could by hand. You could make it by hand, yeah, by, okay. or with uh, you could use logs. You could use uh, pallets if you know you, right. you scrounge. I mean, pallets are great, great pieces of wood. You know, you can find long pieces of wood. I mean. Uh, but even even logs, you know, I mean, stick a couple logs up, screw things together, or tw- bail it, you know, use bailing twine. Right. You know, you can you can use that stuff. It can be pretty rustic. Feels like feels like uh, what's the game? Fallout. They were playing those. No, I haven't. No, I just, haven't. It's just like that. It's yeah. Like, it, there's nothing new being made, and you're just scrounging crap. <laughs> and, you're, and you're like, oh, you found duct tape, and you can make a gun, and then. And then the gun is crap because it always breaks down. You have to find new guns to get the parts. I'm like, I hate this game. It's yeah. It's one of those. See, and what will what, happen is I'll be playing. You don't know this because you never played the game. Right. But if the post-apocalyptic thing comes, I'm out there in my South Dakota, you know, fort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be having the songs from Fallout 3 going through my head. <laughs> oh, I've heard that song. Yeah, yeah that song just like <laughs> commercials. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You're just like fuck. You, 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 you're kind of tired of that one after a while. You turn it off. Like okay, I don't need to hear Bing Crosby anymore. I thought you weren't swearing in your podcast anymore. No, no. Did you guys listen to me? I am doing a curse-free podcast. Oh. Did you listen to the latest podcast? I was. No? I was listening to it and make it all the way through. Okay. So, yeah. I. I am going to have two podcasts. Okay. They're all going to be the Clary podcast. Yeah. One episode on Mondays will be curse full. Nice. The next one will be not cursing. or Curse free. Curse free. <laughs> curse full and curse free. Well, I don't want to say it's going to be 100% guaranteed to be curse free, but right. it will be curse, curse free. light. <laughs> be, Aaron tries his best not to curse on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Because I got all these, um, as you know, the the... Red pill Republican libertarian mm. world, and then the Christian world. Yes, even religious, I'd say. You know, yep. traditional conservative type people. Uh, they Venn diagram a lot, and there's a lot of well, there's a ton of Christian people and, and Jews. We got a fair amount of Muslims, and I'm, you know, they're kind of 
they wince and they tell, oh, you know, I, I'd like to recommend your podcast to people who just curse too much. I'm all right with it, but mm-hmm. I, I can't recommend it to Tilly Magoo who clutches her purse every time you say <laughs> ass. You know what I mean? Right. So. No, I, I, com- I completely get it. I, I think, I mean, you're an economist. What, what are the odds? That, what, I mean, that we're going to have full collapse here. I mean, oh. getting back to that. I mean, we've got $20 trillion in debt. It's, uh, it's I mean, look at Venezuela. They haven't gone down the tubes yet. Well, they've gone down the tubes. Well, so you don't have toilet paper. You've gone down the tubes. Right, yeah. but they're still surviving. Well, they haven't had full their people revolt. people to work now. In the fields. In the fields. Good. <laughs> Good for them. Those idiot fucking Latino. Oh, yeah, man. It's the, and they still believe it's the United States is oppressing. I'm like, yeah, yeah fine. Just go work and I don't you know. Pull I've, weeds. I've oppressed them today. I don't know. If I, I did oppress. Yeah, I yeah. made them pull their own damn weeds. <laughs> Well, see, if they have raised beds, they didn't have. They wouldn't have to pull. No, they'd like be that. confiscated. Yeah, yeah, true. That's, they confiscate the lumber. I just don't even. I don't care. <laughs> if that that is. See, the thing I like about Venezuela is, um, even though Hugo Chavez did originally try to do a a coup, mm-hmm. he did get elected and then reelected. Yeah, uh, and and rightly so. And I'm sure there was a little bit of cheating going on, but I do believe that the majority of Venezuelans voted him in. And if you if your population is stupid enough to vote in socialism, well, guess what? You're going to get socialism. Socialism. And mm-hmm. I don't care if you guys are using your hair to wipe your ass. I really don't care anymore. I just it, it's yeah. Know. When they took over the last brewery or couldn't get beer in, that that would be a signal to to have a full scale revolt. So. Yeah, that would be that would be a, yeah. Well, no, they that that would require. See, but then that that's I just love how they say oh it's. It's the conspiracy. I was listening to the Russian Rulers History podcast. And okay. When he was going through, and it's, it's classic. It happens in every communist dictatorship. When there's a shortage or when there's um, starvation or there's, there's like the electricity goes out or something happens, they always blame foreign influence. They always blame, yeah. it, typically America, as that was the case in, in Russia and, right. um, and today in North Korea. It's always, it's never that like, you know what, you created a system that no longer incentivizes excellence or achievement and mm-hmm. now nobody's working anymore. So, um, they, but, so they can't tell, well, one, there's no economic incentive to go and start a company and start producing things because it's all confiscated anyway. So you can't, but when there's no production, you got to say, oh, yeah, well, it's not us. It's not this freaking uh, stupid uh, shit that came out of uh, Marx's ass in 1847. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's not this idea that this spoiled, right? You know about Karl Marx? And yeah, he, I mean, he was just, a parasite. He was a parasite. He was yeah. a pariah. He just lived off of Ingalls. Yeah, and he Ingalls did. had a rich dad. I mean, it's I like, know. fuck you. And, and fucking, <laughs> it's a great system. Yeah, and, and, and 180 years later, we got these fucking dipshits that had everything handed to them like like capitalism has just given them everything it's evil and, man and yeah, yeah man. you're, you're fascist man just like Karl Marx he was like you know, visionary <laughs> like, dude was a fucking loser right on and I'm not right saying on. that because I disagree with the guy the guy's a fucking loser like right. this is this is like who would it, it's like these guys they they read three articles from Return of Kings yeah and then they're going to write a book at 22 mm. about how to slay women oh. and like how to live their life. Yeah, man, I wrote this book. It's 23 pages. It's about my life and how I'm trying to help out the younger kids. I'm like, younger kids? What? 22, 22. and younger? <laughs> what the fuck do you know? You live in your mom's basement. And so it's kind of like yeah. that. Like if, if you're listening to Karl Marx, you're listening to that 23-year-old had to pay a prostitute to lose his virginity 
loser living wah, in a, wah, yeah, wah. yeah. <laughs> you're listening to the amazing atheist for life advice i mean mm. it really is like that it's like okay yeah but um so you got the weeds we got the water yeah what else well, then you're going to need seeds. And you're right. What what are you going to grow? And, you know, I mean, tomato is a great all-around plant. Easy you know, to deal with. And, easy to deal okay. with. Can produce mass, huge, huge amounts of uh, okay. uh, fruit. And, um, you know, beans, of course, are good. And, you know, you get a pole bean. Good Lord. The thing gets... I had pole beans that were 15 feet high last year and producing beans like crazy. I couldn't eat them fast enough. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Pole, like green beans? Green beans, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, good. Good for you. Nutritious, right? Yeah. No, I don't know. Um, you know, potatoes are good, but you'll need probably a different system because potatoes like a mound. They like they like space because they're, you know, they grow this rock thing. Yeah. You know, tumor, essentially. So you're going to need a mound system for that, something a little different. But... Um, what else? Uh, yeah, your greens are good. Your kale, your spinach, that kind of stuff. What about peppers? Are those too much of a pain? It's not warm Peppers, you know, I've got peppers in that wicking bed on my driveway going crazy. I mean, oh. multiple peppers going. And it's it's good to spice up meals and stuff. Um, you know, really, really get down to basics. I mean... You know, you can use tomatoes for all kinds of stuff. You can use potatoes. It's a good source. Yeah. You know, the Irish lived off those for years. You yeah. know, Mr. Oh, Irish they, they, they lived oh. a wonderful life off of those for years. Right, yes. right. I mean, the thing you're going to have to fight is uh, mildew, you know, mildew. Oh, God, squash. That's right, too. Squash. You can squash do all kinds good? of stuff with squash, and it's good squash for Zucchini good, okay. and squash, yeah. But okay. the things you're going to have to fight with that is... Like a mildew. Mildew, I just had 150 basil plants get mildew, and I've got to rip them all out because, yeah, it's just, you know, different plants will have spores on it, and they'll blow down wind, and, you know, you'll... Your plants will get infected, and that that's part of the so you gotta kind of life. You gotta spread them out a bit. Yeah, have airflow. Don't water at night. That kind of thing. But the wicking bed is good because you're not watering. You don't have the sprinkler that's spraying water all over the place, and that's how you get blight a lot of times. Is watering at night, and it gets cool, and then that's those spores start to generate. Right? Okay. It's like being in your basement. And you see, so you don't mold. water at night. You don't well, want you to mow. We're going to bypass that though altogether. With the wicking though, bud, right? yeah, right. and and tomatoes are the same way. Those splashing of soil up on leaves that's going to create a fungus and a, and a blight and you'll lose your whole plant and your crop you know so um, the wicking bed and watering low and not doing it at night and giving the plants enough spacing that's those are all good ways to keep fungus out of your fungus and molds out of your plants and your crops okay what so. about trees I mean because like if you could get an apple tree going yeah I mean is that kind of like but that takes years to go but I mean, a tree's a good thing to kind of start looking yeah, at. Yeah, I mean, and this is starting to get into the world of permaculture, you know, okay. and maybe you've heard of that or not, but it's a whole... Permaculture world. is like STDs, like that you can't get rid of with penicillin. <laughs> Something like that. But <clears throat> like no, herpes, no, no. no. AIDS. <laughs> no, perma- Those are permaculture, Permaculture right? is good. It's um, it's combining like your fruit trees and, and there's certain trees that put nitrogen in the ground, like beans. It, it puts nitrogen in the ground and other plants use that to grow, right? Okay. Um, so yeah, like your, um, uh, your apple trees, your, uh, oh God, there's a whole group of, you know, currants and all kinds of different, uh, different apple, uh, fruit trees are good. You know, it just takes a little time, a little pruning, but you can even put a little grove of them together and 
they'll all grow and they'll, they'll do pretty well. So it's a, it's a whole study on that, um, but it's doable, you know, and that's something that I want to do when I get out of this rental house and move to, uh, move to the country is to start experimenting with that kind of stuff too. I just can't do it where I'm at. No, no, I just, I, cause that was, that was one thing, especially when I was down in Phoenix, like everyone's mm-hmm. got lemon trees. I'm like, holy cow, he got lemons. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You just pick it right off. You know, yeah. kind of like apples. You just pick it right off. And I always thought, like, you know, an apple tree, holy cow, that holds it up there. It's like a storage facility. I mean, you got plenty of, you know, maybe a worm gets in there, you cut around it. You still you still have food, but then. Right. All right, anything else other, I mean, this is bare bones. We could go out there, survive a little bit more than the average person. Right. We know what we're going to grow. We know how we're going to grow it. Um, anything like setting up a... A greenhouse at all with t- even though the plastic would probably be going away i mean is there any any merit in having that yeah i mean people um you know this is more advanced stuff of course but you know people get pretty sophisticated with the greenhouses but you can build the stuff out of um recycled windows you know you can find windows uh some friends over in wisconsin just built you know a 12 by eight foot greenhouse out of uh windows they got from somewhere i don't know where they got their windows but um you know and that Detroit, the advantage they're not using right <laughs> <laughs> but the advantage is you can start seeds early you know like in march february march you know it gets warm in there with mm-hmm. the sun coming in and you can start your seeds early and that gets you jump gets you a jump on year one guy up in canada he had tomatoes in may because he started them um, late December, early January in his greenhouse. And he okay. had, you know, an early start and he's had tomatoes all year long. So it gives you an early start. It gives you another place, another platform to grow in, you know, because once, once you got your seeds going, you put them all outside. Well, you can get other stuff going in your greenhouse, right? Right. So, right. Well, and then um, it also shortens the, the hurdle or the hump you got to jump over yeah. come wintertime. Like if all of a sudden, you know, if you could start growing stuff in December and it's available in May, well, that's that, you know. Right, and there's ways to, um, you know, cold frames. You build a frame around your raised bed or your wicking bed, and you put a window on the top. It's like a mini greenhouse, and that extends your season into, you know, when it starts to freeze outside. And some plants, like kale, spinach, um, some others, they do actually, they taste even better when you get that first frost. You know, like your pepper, your tomato is going to die right away, but there's other... There's other plants that are going to survive and actually taste better. They'll slow down, but they'll taste better. And carrots, that's another thing. It's my podcast, I can say it. So it's like women who like getting hit in bed. You you think it would be be the opposite, but actually they would be getting even more excited about it when it, yeah. Wow, what am I going to do do with that? (laughs) No, just, Uh, just, I ran into, back in the olden days. Yeah. It was weird. But every once in a while you'd run it. You ever have a girl say, you know, choke me? Did you ever run it? Nope. Good. Be nope. happy. That's the weirdest thing, man. And you're like, well, nope. No, no, I, think, I don't uh, think so. You know the, the Star Wars where they de- deactivate the tractor beam? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> my little soldier. He was standing in attention and ready to go, and he just went, which said, choke me. I'm like, oh, no. And I'm going to go home now. And. <laughs> so what I mean I mean you're you haven't dabbled much in gardening. Are you thinking Not about starting something? Yeah, and... it's it's I got a it's the I wish I wish it was the 50s or I wish we actually had people that cared about western civilization cuz I wouldn't worry about the food supply. Yeah. I I, I really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I'd be like, "No, we got this under control." Da, da, da. Yeah. That's the whole concept of having a culture of western civilization is that it's stable. Mm-hmm. 
I got to worry about everything. Yeah. That's why I have precious, you know, you start precious metals. That's like the number one thing. Then yeah. you get iodine pills and weaponry. Yeah. Yeah. Then you get armor. Yeah. All right. So now, okay, I have enough purchasing power. And now if I need to, not only can I protect myself, but if I see some guy wearing a hair bun, mm-hmm. I know, okay, I can kill him and take his stuff <laughs> legally, and mo- or not legally, but morally. Yeah. But legally, yeah. too, because it's not. Yeah. You know, I see someone wearing salmon-colored jeans. I can take his stuff <laughs> without a fight. Yeah. Hey, yeah, give me give me your penicillin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, you don't take the jeans, but, you know, they have, might have a nice scarf. Um and now the next, you know, the next stages. Thankfully, I kind of got everything situated financially, mm-hmm. and I've done all the. I got my bug out bay, I got everything else, and now it's like, okay, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, here I am over at Chipotle. How the heck did this get from the cow to me? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, you know, even today when I was motorcycle riding, you know, I was riding over by Wisconsin, and I'm looking at all the corn. I'm like, yeah. This is not my corn. Mm-mm. Do I know how to grow corn? Well, could you even eat it? It might just be field corn that they're going to turn into ethanol. I don't know. I didn't even like know that. They're getting a subsidy like, yeah, or something know for that. that. You know, yeah. If I try to take this guy's corn, he might shoot me. Yeah. You know, is yeah. it really? Maybe I ought to grow my own corn. And so mm. it's stuff like that. So the the next step um, is is to get that food. And then you know what the step is after that? What's that? I want to get into electric generation. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to get into, like, okay, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we all mock and ridicule it, but solar power and wind. Wind. The, wind is interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. yeah I it, mean, think about it. Every farm that in the early 1900s, what'd they have? Guaranteed. They had a windmill. They had a windmill, yeah. absolutely, to yep. pump water out of the ground. Yep. It works, you know, and it's, I want a windmill. When I get to where I'm going, <laughs> I want a windmill. My, my wife laughs at me, but yeah, that's well, what I want, yeah. you know? How pump? is that? How's that business of hers coming along? Oh, it's, it's <laughs> much better. Oh, is it? It now? is. Okay. Yes. Let me know how that works in post-apocalyptic America. <laughs> Let me know how that biz is in demand. Yeah, listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but, take them, buy the stuff, take their money, right? What? So that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm. I'm just saying in a yeah, post-apocalyptic right. world, like. I we have lots to... of sharp tools. <laughs> I know you have lots of sharp tools that come in handy. Right. Like maybe bartering, but. No, I, that's that's the next step. Is like okay, mm-hmm. now now I'm going to build something that's off grid. Yeah, and it's not going to have the luxuries that I do here over in the WBL. But you know, we have light at night. Mm-hmm. We, um, you know, light alone will you know we have running water. Yeah, uh, I'm not going out like they do in the Buka Buka tribe and fucking Chad with water baskets on their head because they haven't figured out how to do some basic fucking plumbing yet yeah. out there. That, that's not... Because it's it's an, it's an economics thing. It's like, I don't have time, you know, to to go and send my girlfriend down with the basket on her head to the, to the alligator-infested waters to go get the water and bring right. it back here. No, it's not going to happen. I want to... If, if all of a sudden the, the shit hits the fan 20 years out from now, I want the last 10 to 20 years of my life to be relatively enjoyable. You know, and, and get some books and read or whatever. Well, and this is where rainwater collection mm-hmm. might be a good strategy, you know, to, to have a store water on site that you can purify, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was just having this conversation with my mom, who's up in northern Wisconsin, and she's got a well, and, and so she's not on city water, you right. know, but how do we get water 
she can she's talking about actually getting some kind of a hand pump down that ties right onto her regular pump and, right. and so she'll have water you she'll know have water yep. she'll have water but what are we gonna do i you know we're gonna tap into the I'm, aquifer and no, i'm gonna you know? i'm gonna make a mad dash uh west yeah drop a little south nice cut over by montevideo yeah try to get to gettysburg south dakota <laughs> and then i'm going to negotiate with the farmers there say hi this assumes I don't have my property out in right, South Dakota, right, 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 right. and say, hi, I'm young, and I'm pretty good with an AR-15, and here's my entire arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> for, a, for a bed. For a nominal fee. For a nominal yeah. field yeah. of lodging. Yeah. And some corn. Yeah. And pure water. I will patrol the perimeter and shoot anybody that comes along, but I don't think... Well, that's a, and that's a whole different... I mean, yeah, there's going to be... I heard a, someone was saying that they see this country turning more into like a South Africa where we're going to have a gated community and walls and private security forces and right. that's the way it's going to be, you know, and yeah, that's could be like that's that. maybe the way the elite are already setting up like Zuckerberg with his walls or, you know, that kind of thing yeah. already. So, you know, I think that's more of privacy, but um, <clears throat> the the one thing the U.S. has going for it is we have a lot of room. Yeah, and that's true. I think you and me, maybe even... Uh, the next generation, but certainly not after that. They will have the ability to simply leave, mm-hmm. simply escape wherever the ghetto or the barrio or the trailer park is. Right. Um, you, you will simply be able to, and there will be enough. But uh, after a while, yeah, the the infrastructure that's going to have to be built out. Although there's a piece of me that wants to like just go into the center of Detroit, buy it up, and say... This is a sovereign, like, get a, an agreement are... with the government, say, no, 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 this yeah. is not the United States anymore. I want access to Windsor Lake... Uh, I the want United the States of Clary, uh, <laughs> or the, the the kingdom, the kingdom of Clary. Kingdom of the Clary. There's the no United Clary. States, right? <laughs> with democracy or republic bullshit going on here. I love it. It's gonna be. Uh, well, I decree. Well, and that's what people are doing. They're going over there, buying up five lots, demolishing most of the housing there, maybe fixing up one or building one, and then they're just like farming those. What lots. over in Detroit? Yes. You're yes. kidding? No, man. Nope. And wait, under the municipality of Detroit. I see. I still wouldn't because yeah. they're going to jack up your property. Well, and and you, you still have packs of roving dogs. You still have packs crime issue. You've got kill you, yeah, right. right. Yeah, it's no, it's not no, a great place. No, but no. but there are people that are going in and buying on the cheap, buying a bunch a block and just oh. taking it down, and that's what they're doing. You I, know? I wouldn't doubt it. That I mean, the, it's not an issue of cost. Mm-hmm. It's an issue of what what we used to call a sovereign risk, right. political risk, right. Like, yeah, you could go invest in Cuba. Good luck if your investment's still there the next right. day. And like, I wouldn't invest in Detroit. I, I don't not, not only because of the people, but the government. I mean, yeah. there were they were trying. The city was trying to get taxes like of a hundred thousand dollars on properties that were just maybe worth twenty. Yeah, and the people were like, screw you, I'm not. Yeah, paying it. I'm not going to pay yeah, it. I'm yeah, not pay, I'm out of here. Goodbye. I'm not even going to pay my water bill, yeah, which is you know a thousand dollars for like five years. You know, yeah. so, so I I just no, you gotta you gotta. <clears throat> The people in South Dakota tend to work, mm-hmm. and they tend to have their shit together. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly, there are the uh, the the trailer parks, um, especially if you get to Wyoming. Then it gets like, <laughs> well, we know your love affair with oh, Wyoming. <laughs> I'd be tempted, just like, well, I could attack the city, but they're going to wipe themselves out. Now I could go to Casper and have some fun. <laughs> Hi, no plan. New but, sheriff. Yeah, right. I mean, um, you know, you did mention trees. When you're setting up your garden area, you do have to look at the shade, you know, the sun, how it moves across the property. <coughs> especially different times of the year, it does different things. And, and if you have a lot of wood 
a wooded screen on yourself, then it's not gonna, your your crops aren't going to get well. Much no, they won't get enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, so no, you're going to have to take that chainsaw oh, and I, take that stuff no. down. Well, yeah, good know. luck. Where are you going to get a chainsaw? Yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking today. So yeah, today, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then when you're going to get the gas, it's going to you know, yeah. it's it's you're going to need tools and and I've I've thought about it and it just sucks. It just sucks when you think about like yeah. We're going to go back to a grueling existence. It's really going to suck. It's really going to suck, yeah. And it's going to really suck more for the people who are just expecting them government checks to come in and the electricity to be on. And, uh, my goodness, daddy, the Beamer is... I can't... That's what I would love to see. Is, is It's not the ghetto or the barrio or the trailer park that I want to see. I would like to see that. I want to see these prissy, swipple, spoiled, rotten brat leftists. You know, the McAllister students. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see them. Yeah. I want to see them. I'll just go back to Edina. I'll just go back to Egan. And, and or everybody. Berkeley. I'm going to go back to Berkeley. Yeah. And, and then, like, yeah. uh, and like uh, it's bad here, too. Daddy. I'm going to go to Uptown. Dad, Dad's <laughs> put a bullet in his head because he finds out that he, he's the only one that's got the thing. And then yeah. there's this trophy wife soccer mom. I don't know what to do. The credit card doesn't work. Amazon's not delivering anymore. Uh. <laughs> So when we started talking about this, my brain went to, okay, how can I introduce people into gardening? So yeah. a smaller box, you know, work on a smaller box where I give you the, set it all, you know, all the stuff to set it up. And then right. you can figure out if, what the hell you're doing and grow something. I mean, I think that's a good first step. And I think there's, like my sister down in Milwaukee, she hasn't, she buys basil in the store for like six bucks for a little bunch, you know, mm-hmm. and pre-cut and washed already. You could grow, I mean. Look at your front stoop. You got your basil basil right up there. Yeah, he's not doing so well. I told you about the monster basil plant I had last year. No. I just fed him coffee grounds. Yes. And we had basil for an entire summer on this one plant. Yeah. And and nitrogen. Coffee grounds. Oh, is that um, what it is? Is is nitrogen. (laughs) I thought he just liked coffee. No, well, they do. They love it. So it's good. It helps. It makes those plants nice and green. (laughs) He had pesto like. All these pesto dishes is like oh, we're gonna have pesto again. Like yeah, okay, yeah, another Italian dish. Well, and yeah, I, I just processed nine bu- nine gallons of, of basil plants, and now I got this blight that I got to take out the plants. Oh. So it kind of blows. It sucks, but that's gardening. That's life. <clears throat> you know, sometimes you win, sometimes not so much. All right, so let where where do they go to find you? Smallscalelife.com. Smallscale life, and you Jay yep. just don't talk about. Gardening. It's other stuff like minimalism and all that other stuff. Well, and Jay is a guest. You know, oh, so I've been. Well, he, we were, but his schedule <coughs> is such where I have him when I can get him. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, like um, just put a podcast up this morning. I interviewed Charles Hugh Smith from Of Two Minds. That was a great podcast. I've uh, interviewed a couple of uh, urban farmers that are starting their own little business, tilling up their yard and, and selling at farmers markets and restaurants and stuff. Um, I, I've done a couple solos, you know, so we're getting some momentum. Um, I've got to be, like you said, more consistent and persistent and Nobody produce more stuff. Me. I know, I know, I know. See, you know why you're not going to follow my advice? Why? I didn't charge you for it. I didn't make it oh, painful. That's yeah, why. It was yeah. asshole consulting. Then maybe, uh, let's... <laughs> <laughs> But if you listen to the Charles Hugh Smith, uh, I did, I did talk about Re- Reconnaissance Man. I put a little... Oh, you did? There. Yeah, I did, so... Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, did you even read it? I'm not, not yet, but oh, well, I'm going good. to. I'm so. glad you're a hypocrite and you'll still have it. No, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, I called you a friend. I'm not taking any money. I thought it was... Oh, I thought, you know. I thought you were like, oh, it's a great book. It's a no, no, book. no. I, I just, didn't read one page. No, 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 oh, no. no. Okay. I'm not a hypocrite. I just was... Uh, I took your uh, write-up on Amazon and I talked about it a little bit. Oh, so. good. Yeah, okay. yeah. I could give you a copy if you'd like. 
I would love one. Well, wait, did, would you read it though? Or you too absolutely busy? no. Oh, you I would. would. I oh, would. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, it would be good for your sons. I would. Yeah, and I yeah, would. I would write a view, review of that on Small Scale Life. You know what? I'll I'll put one in the mail for you. Okay, that's my proof copy. Oh, you gotta wait till you see. Remember what I showed you on my phone? Yeah. And that project I told you about? Yeah. Tippy Top Secret? Yeah. That's coming to fruition. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Actually, here, I'll show you. It's on here. Listen to this tease. He's Listen. teasing this project more than he's teasing reconnaissance, man. I don't know. Well, no, I, have, I haven't gotten to advertising yet. I've just been, where the hell did it go? Oh, Captain Squirrely. Well, and that's why I was, uh... oh, yeah, that's pretty nice. Here we go. <laughs> Audience, just bear with us, audience. So, if you were here, you'd be seeing what I'm seeing, and it's uh, it looks pretty cool. Oh yeah, I think everybody's gonna love this. Really? Yeah. Seriously. I, I don't know why I worked so hard in the first place. <laughs> well, it's you know that is true. I mean, I've done a little messing around on Periscope, you know, yeah. and. Is it worth it? It's just like uh, another freaking. It's another media. social media I don't thing, want to de- and it's live. You but gotta, people got to be tuning into you, right? I, the best stuff is like Mike Cernovich out there hitting the Trump rallies, right, or going right. to the RNC or DNC and doing that kind of stuff. It's I don't really have the energy for that, right, exactly, or the patience. Your girl, you get on there. And it's you're you've got a thousand people watching you oh, just yeah, like that. Exactly. It's just yeah, like, like, are you kidding me? You know, I get I, maybe five. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, oh yeah. nice garden. And that was that was <laughs> that is what is going to be a fundamental change. It's not like I see people like, oh, did you go to treatment? Did you did you go on some Zen? I'm like, no, I just no. had the time where I caught up with all my work and yeah. had a day to do strategic planning. Yeah. I'm like, all right, we're making these changes. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm putting all this effort and energy into my podcast. Well, not my podcast, my YouTube channel. And I'm like looking at it, I'm like, how am I going to like, ah, I have an idea. And it, take, it, it pays to sit down, think, reorganize, and strategize. So That's uh, that's why when I was a consultant and I would fly across the country, I loved it. Because I could actually have a couple hours where you just kind of download for a minute and you start to get creative, you know, because you're mm-hmm. stuck in this cockpit or this... this uh, the cylinder. Yeah, for you're two forced hours. to meditate. You're yeah. forced to think yeah. about it, yeah, you know, right. and and I and that's kind of where some of this blogging and stuff came popped into my head. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've only been doing. I did uh, another site called Small Scale Gardening. For, I started that in 2014. I changed over to Small Scale Life after what happened last year and some of the stuff, and started that in November. But man, I'm, I'm it's it's doing pretty well. So you know, I, I'm not doing any advertising or getting money for it yet. I'm trying to build listenership but that's about to change so uh we talked about that cool. uh, offline so. actually you should just read a book called the p51 garden I, well it's all going to be a package yeah it's good yeah good. yeah yeah i don't right. even judge you whatever rights for naming just go and do it well but. you might get the uh, first product or one of the can first, get the pro- first, first prototype oh, okay, yeah good. the first right, prototype i'll, well, I'll give you good. actually a box and you can oh, see if you good. can grow some stuff that's I'm what i want to see you know you do like a uh, a commercial hi I am Aaron Clary, and I am a worthless, talentless, pointless bachelor who can't even cook a pizza in the oven. Oh, look, the P-51 garden. There you All go. All I have to do is add water, and look at that, it's like tomatoes. The, it's like the damn Chia Pet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
if those suckers can make millions of dollars, why can't we? Yeah, what are we doing? You know, it's a little moss on our rock. I go to college. Jesus. I know. All right, I got to kick you out because I'm going to go on the Backloft podcast. Okay, cool. Uh, All right, tell everybody again the website. Oh, smallscalelife.com. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll have to get you on the Small Scale Life podcast, too. I don't know what I talk about. I know. I mean, minimalism, maybe. That'd be about it. All right. right, We'll We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll do sponsors here next. Chad Elkins uh, at ElkinsCPA.com. You can go uh, visit him if you're looking for an accountant or a CPA. I'm actually going to hire him, have him take a look at my taxes, see if I can't save myself a little bit more money. Uh, Then we have uh, the 405 Media, League of Extraordinary Podcasters, the 405media.com. Silvio Canto's Canto Talk. Uh, Where'd we go? Oh, what happened to the audio? Hang on. How's that? No. There we go. All right, much better. Uh, Conto Talk on blogtalkradio.com. Jason Hartman, he has his two podcasts, The Swank Life and his real estate management blog, or sorry, podcast. Freedomainradio.com with Stefan Molnu. Financial Survival Network with Kerry Lutz. Tom Likas at blowmeuptom.com. Davis Arini, he's back with his uh, YouTube channel. So you can go ahead and find Davis on YouTube. Uh, Crush the Street with Ken be on his show, I don't know, a week from now or whatever when he uploads it. Engineered Truth with Matt Tran, also on YouTube. Pushing Rubber Downhill by Adam Piggott. Uh, the Beckloff, Geek Out with the Beckloff. You can find him on YouTube. Glendon Cameron, the Kung Fu Master of Hustle. Lori Zook, the world of Lori Zook. Ed Lattimore. And that is all for the podcast. So if you are looking for podcasts to listen to, go ahead and look up those guys on the Google the YouTube, or the podcast RSS feed. Glorious Carl offering his glorious hat. Go to GloriousHat.com and get Glorious Carl's glorious hat. Made with real fake dead animal. Uh, All money goes to evil rich white male who votes Republican, and that in itself is enough reason to go ahead and buy it. AssholeConsulting.com. If you have questions and you have money, go ahead and give me both. And I will charge you the money for the question you ask over at AssholeConsulting.com. My Amazon affiliate program... If you would be so kind as to go to my blog first, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, click on the Amazon ad banner to the top right, right below the banner ad for Curse of the High IQ, and do all your online shopping. That way I get 7% of your purchases, and it does not cost you anything more. It's just a nice way in case you don't want to, like you're like, ah, all your sponsors suck and they don't really offer me nothing. Well, there you go. Academiccomposition.com, go there if you want to go and write people's papers for college for money, or if you want to do a little bit of marketing for Alex over at academiccomposition.com. You can also be a customer. You can always go ahead and have your papers written for you so you don't have to write them. You can outsource them. That's what smart corporations do, outsourcing. And they also do resumes as well. So if you are looking for someone to put together a resume professionally, please consider going to academiccomposition.com. Do the Philippines by Matt Forney at mattforney.com. Visit our friend Matt and see all the other stuff that he has going on. Uh, then we also have the Ultimate Reading List. Visit Mac's site over at Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. And uh, you will go ahead and look at some books that are part of the Ultimate Reading List. They are geared towards conservative, libertarian, free-minded adults, people who have their shit together. Uh, but also, uh, if you're looking to advertise your book, consider contacting Max. Let him know the captain sent you so he knows like his advertisement's working here. Uncle Nick by uh, Frank Servi. You can go ahead and find that on Amazon.com. That is basically, uh, well, what would we call it? 
He's basically a misanthrope. He's basically what Eric Cartman would be when he grows up and he doesn't. He, he, it's a man who gives zero fucks. It's a old, uh, I'm sorry, a young Gen X or older millennial who's an uncle and he doesn't give any flying shit. He just talks poor. It's, it's good. Just go ahead and get the book, read it, you'll laugh. Uh, then we have the other book, The Stringers by T.J. Martinell, a kind of futuristic whodunit uh, journal action book about a journalist. So go ahead and look up The Stringers, also available at Amazon.com. Pushing Rubber Downhill by Adam Piggott. Uh, then uh, Welcome to the Divide by S.P. Daly. Caustic, also by S.P. Daly. Navsquam, N-V-S-Q-V-A-M by Ann Sturzinger. The Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, Enjoy the Decline, Curse of the High IQ, Behind the Housing Crash, uh, Reconnaissance Man, Top Shelf, and Captain Capitalism Reserved, all of those. Oh, and Sylvia Collins' book, Cubanos in Wisconsin, Davis Arini's book, As I Walk These Broken Roads, Nixon's uh, Guide to the Multiverse, and a new D.B. Cooper book coming out shortly by Marty Andrade, all either are or currently will be available at amazon.com in kindle paperback and some of mine in audiobook as well uh indemandcareer.com our good friend seth himes go ahead and visit seth himes site at indemandcareer.com if you're looking uh to get some kind of a job specifically if you want to become a digital marketer you don't want to go to college but you want to make good money please go over there he has some training programs something that might interest you that's indemandcareer.com visit our good friend seth uh, then also, if you guys are looking to hire a cute model, if for whatever reason you need a model, go to visit our friend Cindy Moran at cindymoran.net. And I think that was the quickest I've ever done any of the sponsors. That's awesome. And we'll go on to, uh, we're going to have Ann Sturzinger and John Steele up in this next segment. <laughs> and we're live. See, you guys are all worried about the rules. Wait, explain to me again, John, what we were going to do. Uh, rule number one, make sure yeah. that we don't sound like complete babbling idiots. Yeah. And rule number two is actually do a mic and sound check. Yeah, but we uh, we did that. We're all good. Oh, yeah, we're all good. You're, yeah. you're, you're a pro, Aaron. I mean, we all know this. You're a genius. You know the secret to making a professional recording? Mm. You don't worry about it at all. That's what I learned. when I. You guys knew I had a radio show, right, back in the terrestrial days? No, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I had a radio back. Do you guys even remember radio, that dying industry that's going <laughs> away now? I still have a real radio in my car, not this uh, satellite shit. I have real radio. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all my cars are really old, so I got nothing but radio as well. But, yeah, I used to have a radio show, and what I learned is that the more you try to script it out and the more you try and, like, take notes and, like, outline it and everything, I knew radio show hosts that would do that. Uh, the 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 less natural it sounds. I I agree with you. Like what I sorry to interrupt you, Ann, but you're a woman, so I can do that. Um, <laughs> what's most important when you're having these hangouts is that the that there's chemistry among the, the the guests that you have on. That's far more important than the topic or the script or anything. That's what I found out. Yeah, I mean, not not to do a blatant plug or anything, but uh, the the Savage Hippie podcast that I've just started doing with Edwin Oslin and. Mm-hmm. Um, David Cole Stein, that's Savage Hippie. Um, w- David Cole Stein is even older than we are, I think. He's 47. Oh, wait, he's, he's like your age, John. Yes, Anne, he's my age. <laughs> you doddering fart. <laughs> anyway, anyway he, we were having the same conversation earlier this week um, 
Edwin is a millennial, he's 30, and he was meticulously trying to set up these show notes, and, and David was just like, have a drink, we'll just talk. Exactly. It's Well, I mean, I remember you had him on, didn't you, John, like last week or something, you interviewed him? Uh, Edwin I interviewed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you could you could tell he's like, yeah, yeah. and I mean, everyone was like that. I mean, I, I, gosh, how old was I when I had my radio show, 29, 28? And there was an element of that. And then after a while, you're just like, ah, fuck it. And then what ends up happening is they switch to an all-sports format. So I had a radio show for like six months, and I realized, oh, you guys are a bunch of cocksucking assholes, and all you did was make me a public figure, so now everyone can rip on me. <laughs> and uh, and now uh, so I, I and now I'm just I'm just so happy to see podcasting kick the ever living shit out of radio because just like just like the uh, the publishing houses just like the record labels uh, the radio industry not to mention television they were all about well you must kiss the ring and you should be happy to have it and now they are getting their asses handed to them by the internet I mean I guarantee you by the time Oh, the Beckloff and uh, Edwin and all those kids are our age. Uh, radio is going to be gone. It's just going to be it's going to be podcast. They might try still have some like radios up for say uh, emergency broadcast system or radio for the old fogies, but the the growth is going to be in podcasting. Yeah, radios are going to become like vinyl. Like twenty years from now, the hipster kids will like dig up radio equipment and start making a <laughs> underground radio channel that sounds really shitty, and twenty people will listen to it. Well, that's called NPR, the current, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except, except except no actual human beings would make something that sounds like NPR. That will be the future. No matter what channel you turn to it on the dial, will just be NPR with that annoying <laughs> voice. I, I think NPR is made by just a coven of computers, socialist computers, sitting in a basement somewhere drinking baby blood. Well, since this is kind of a generationally topic show... Uh, and we are going to just be ripping on the millennials here. Uh, you guys actually do remember, like, back when we were teenagers or 20-somethings, and you'd drive across Wisconsin or John, whatever the town or state it was in your case, and I remember all you had, once you got out of the city, all you had was Jesus stations, country stations, and NPR. No matter where you went, you get those, and all three sucked. All three sucked. It was... You know, and my grandma shot the dog from the pickup <laughs> truck, or Jesus will burn in hell, and then and the NPR, and da, 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 and, and well, you, it's, we, we, you reminded me of something. You reminded me of something. Sorry, Anne, I'm interrupting you again, but like I said, you're a woman. <laughs> um, no, Aaron reminded me of something funny. I was driving through uh, southern Oregon uh, near Klamath Falls, and what was interesting is about it was I found out that they I was fortunate enough that on the radio they had both kinds of music country and western it was it was fascinating what actually <laughs> between the two <laughs> wow they, they did there really laughing at that oh but you guys had that when you were younger right having to drive you know, go some road trip or whatever and you end up in the middle of Illinois or what I mean no yes oh, yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay yeah all right just, well and, and never had it because she doesn't have a driver's license but I've had it. well they don't let women drive thank God next thing you know they're gonna try and get the vote or something I <laughs> no one should have the vote no but in in my area you could get an oldie station which was great you could listen to um you know, like 60s, 50s and 60s rock and roll, which was great. And sometimes you could get a college station from Stevens Point, um, which was awesome. But, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. There was, I mean, I don't think I listened to talk radio until I lived in Chicago and there was sports talk radio that had a lot of sort of 
washed up comedians on, not washed up, they were actually really good, but like guys who should have done stand up but went into sports radio instead. Oh, yeah, I never, I never, no, I was, I was just like, it's either the jazz station or nothing. Yeah. I, uh, I did. I never even had. I didn't buy a CD until what about 1992, 93. Yeah, that's so I was, it for me. Yeah, but well, anyway, let me let me introduce you guys in case because you guys are uh, you did host for me kindly that one time. But why, let's do this. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves again? Tell everybody about your websites and how great you are, and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead and do the segment here. Uh, ladies first. Uh, I don't see any ladies here, but I'll go being the closest approximation. Um, my website, my name is Ann Sturzinger. I've been uh, writing uh, fiction and journalism for longer than most of you have been alive. Um, my website is annsturzinger.com, where you can find my books and some of my attempts to be funny in blog posts. I'm also, like I, like I just said, I'm working on the uh, Savage Hippie podcast with uh, Edwin Oslin and David Kolstein, which is hilarious and new and you know get on it while it's new and cool uh, I'm John Steele I have a uh, YouTube channel uh, it's now I actually changed it to all those it doesn't have all those funky letters and numbers after the channel it's called the uh, John Steele show uh, Steele is spelled s-t-e-e-l-e so John Steele show, uh, and I try to interview people who are you know all right and you want to nail uh, well, <laughs> it was only once I interviewed someone. Yeah, that's why he had Edwin. Yeah, yeah, Ed, yeah. Oh, yeah, Edwin. Edwin does it does it for me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what it is. I won't get into my uh, long background because it's not really pertinent to this. But I've had a very interesting and varied career. Especially well, yeah. when you're getting your nose broken. Yeah. Oh, that's what I told you about that. Yeah, you told me that. Well, you were over on what? You grew up in New York, and now you're over in in Washington State. Yep. Yeah. Jeez, that's a that's a lengthy. There is a story there. Uh, there's a few, but yeah. <laughs> but well, this is this is a uh, this is an R-rated, not X-rated show. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Well, gosh, Almighty! After last night, I don't know. Thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> Aaron's still recovering. Actually, then somehow we wound up in Greek history. At the very end. At the very end, yeah, I tuned in at the last moment, and then there's Matt Forney pontificating about the what the Spartans versus the Phoenicians or whatever. I'm like, we we're just talking about. Never mind. We're not going to mention what we were talking about. We're going to here. No, I thought it was interesting though that I had to explain the etymology of the word uh, xenophobic to Anne, who was unaware that it actually came from an Athenian called xenophone. I don't. I still don't. I'm gonna look that up because the the prefix means other. Yes, but where do they get the prefix? It's like the word draconian comes from a also from an actual person. You know, draconian laws. Yeah, yeah. I, um, sorry. Yeah, we don't have to go totally G-rated NPR either on this one, guys. We could uh, we could sorry. have a little bit of spice. I mean, we could talk about entomology. You know, we could have entomology, entomology hour there. That's, I'll look it up yeah. later. I'll look it okay. up. Later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So actually, the origins of this hour, and this is not a repeat hour. This is just I want to get you two uh, Gen Xers because we have been uh, uh, Beckloff has been kind enough to host us on his show, and this is really just uh, this is just to, to punch him in the shoulder. We're going to have the millennial suck hour because <laughs> we're on this this show occasionally as as humble guests, and uh, we have to deal with these these punk kids 
with their youth and their their knowledge of internet porn that I didn't really know you could have that much knowledge or that many subtopics. And uh, I decided, because uh, I always host my show on Monday and um, Thursdays or Fridays, depending on when I feel like it, but Monday is the regular and consistent one. And so I figured I'd have you guys on it. We're just going to rip apart millennials because I hate them. I, uh, <laughs> I just loathe and hate the millennials. Well, you know, when I interviewed Ann on my channel, we talked about that, the, the, the staying for millennials, but it, it, it interesting thing about the Gen Xers like us, we're, we're uh, as I called it, we're at the bookends of two horrific generations, yeah. the millennials and the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're so, smashed in between the worst two groups of people that ever walked the earth. Yeah, but our, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Gen X isn't exactly some kind of prize. We're no prize there. So I mean, us three are awesome, but I, I don't know if you remember your peers and cohorts. Most of them, if they died, I'd be all right with that. <laughs> uh, a lot of mine did pass on, but um, yeah, mine too. the I, I would say that the Gen Xers did the best with what they had. I, if you look at all the opportunities millennials had, like you, you, you were just saying this in jest last night, Aaron, but you know, you, you look at all the technology they have available to them, all the opportunities they have available to them. What are they doing with it, basically? Growing vaginas with hypnosis tapes. I they're mean, they're sticking their hands out. They're doing digital panhandling. They just got their Patreon accounts out, and that's it. I mean, I, I'm I'm pissed uh, with, with. Look, it's like the wild west out here. Like we, the the internet has made it. You don't have to kiss the ring. You don't have to answer anyone. You don't need a boss. You can literally take your skill or trade or art and sell it directly to the person. And these millennials have no clue. I mean, maybe they do because they don't capitalize on this and so they go work the same sucky jobs they always had and then now they got to answer to some fucking dipshit boss but they have no clue about the opportunity and how little work it actually take them to become self-employed or entrepreneurs become some kind of online media celebrity uh, and they yeah, and you're right all the, uh, the best thing that I've seen them do or the most common thing I see them do is I got a patreon hey donate to my GoFundMe to pay for my college tuition and all that and it's yeah it, it, it gets my blood pressure up just looking at it well, one of the things that pisses me off, and, and maybe it's more like envy uh, or, or jealousy, and would have to correct me on the right, which is the right word, but the way the, these uh, millennial women, all these young girls now, where they just get paid to just have a pair of tits, <laughs> and, you know, they, they, they you know, they're, they're basically, you know, you got all these, uh, uh, there was an ROK article about it, like these uh, sugar daddy sites, mm -hmm. where girls are actually paid by old men just for their company. Like, they don't even have to put out. Right. Now, that I mean, is oppression. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These poor girls. <laughs> well, I was... Do you guys know Chloe Love? No. No, no. no she's... She makes her own. She knows Matt Forney. She kind of in and out. Very interesting gal. Hustler, mover, shaker. Uh, and you know what she does for a living? Is this the financial domination girl? No, close. Not financial domination, but she does... Um, um, what's it called? Uh... Phone, phone sex operator, and not even the sex. She just just talks to guys, like almost as a therapist. Like these guys just want female attention. They just want a female voice. And this girl makes a pretty good living, just simply because she has her clients and all that. And what I love about the internet, and, and where again the millennials, especially the women, have it so easy. Look, if you were a stripper and you were Gen X or older, how'd you how'd you where'd you go to strip? 
Yeah, you had to fucking learn how to work that pole, man. Yeah, you had to go to a strip club. You had to worry about guys. There were people there. Now, there's this site, um, this thing, uh, Chatterbait. Have you guys heard of it? Uh-uh. You, you, it's basically a webcam or just the concept of webcamming. You don't even have to go to a strip club now. You don't need to cut 50% to the house. You don't need bouncers. You don't, you don't need nothing. You're perfectly safe. You don't have to worry about STDs. You go to Chatterbait. And you set up an account, and basically you just strip on the internet, and people sign up, and they they somehow pay you. Um, I mean, now a percentage goes to the website, but again, going from a brick and mortar model like a publisher, like a, a CD or a record manufacturer, even this has been digitized to where you can do this from the comforts of your own home, and these girls are making bank, and there's no dealing with skeezy guys, there's no stalkers, there's no nothing. And so, like John has pointed out several times before, like how don't complain that you can't find money. Do not complain that all you have to do is go on the internet, sell the. You know, we're, you guys are talking about the panties thing as well. Don't complain that when you're getting paid twenty five bucks for a pair of panties, uh, or in the case of uh, uh, Anne was she did the math. Some people get sixty, but don't don't say you're oppressed or you can't find work when all you have to do is set up an account and flash your tits. Right. Well, to 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 add a caveat, the the hour the hourly with, with all the time that guys want to spend talking to you and everything else, and the the fact that you have to buy the panties, you have to mail the panties, you have to go to the post office. The hourly on the panty deal thing is really for people who have no other marketable skills. Like anyone who has the skills to make like eighteen dollars an hour is mm -hmm. going to lose out doing that. Like if you if you can make at least $18 an hour with other skills, panty deal would be a waste of your time. But if you're some dumb fucking, you know, basket weaving major and you can't find a job, you can go on there and, you know, make your $15 an hour mandatory minimum wage without even having to go into an office. Yeah, but $15 an hour, that that's the low end. I mean <laughs> and now you could just I, I I'm just saying I, it's a good job for people with no skills. Right. I wish I had this opportunity uh, when I was in college to make inflationarily adjusted fifteen dollars an hour and oh, have nothing yeah. to work. Like this is this is not Plan B. This is Plan F. Like if everything else fails, I make thirty grand a year. Yeah. Uh, doing this online on the internet thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's never a fear of like, you know, being completely unemployed nowadays. I mean, there's there's always something you can do to monetize yourself. Right. I mean, you could also become a social socialist and just beg people for money. Well, that's what they do anyway, but I'm saying girls have this added benefit. I was talking to um, a friend of mine, Jay, and I will be writing about this down the road. I have a book that I'll this is like three books down the road. But what's the number one commodity in the world? Uh, sex. Fem no, not sex, because guys can have it's female beauty. That's the number one thing. And men are willing, they've been willing to pay for it. We've built civilization for it. Uh, we've gone to war over it. We've, we've risked our lives for it. And now it's all you have to do is just simply put it out there on the internet and you can sell it. Men don't have that option. I can't just like, hey, here's my jock strap. Use jock strap after I went running. <laughs> Ain't no girl gonna fork over no sixty bucks for my used sweaty jock strap. Hey, pubes included. Nope, not one oh. girl's gonna throw. There might be some dirty old men though. What's that? There might be some dirty old men. Though. Oh, for Christ's sake, that's the problem. When I first, I first, yeah, I'll tell you guys a story. When I first went to college, eighteen years old, and you know I'm kind of younger looking, but I did not have this beard or the facial hair, and. Um, I went to this nightclub in Minneapolis called First Avenue. Still there. Prince used to own it. 
and this is still the premier nightclub. Everyone goes there, moshing, and and you know when you actually went to a concert, and you could get injured on like these millennial putzes that you know. Oh, but yeah. uh, so you go, you do your dance, and I just got my ass shot down by every girl over at that club, and I'm kind of down a little, like, oh, man, college ain't turned out the way I thought, and this and that, so I say, hey, where's the bus to get back to the U of M guy? He says, okay, it's 4th and Hennepin. So I go to 4th and Hennepin, I'm waiting for the bus. You know what's at 4th and Hennepin? Uh, strip club. The, the gay 90s. That's the biggest stri uh, gay club you're going to find in between Chicago and L.A., and uh, I got hit on b at least by 12 men uh, that one night. Uh, after getting shot down by at least uh, two dozen females, and that was that was, uh, and, and well, that, 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 that kind of had a boosty ego a bit. Yeah, sure, sure did. Maybe say, yeah, I'm betting for the wrong team. But I wish, I, now had I known, yeah, fine, maybe I could have sold it to the gay men. But it's it's not this like perma welfare check or perma employment uh, job offer you have that that most of the girls can rely upon today. Right, and it wasn't, even if you had been wanting to sell the gay dudes, you wouldn't have had this sort of on-tap market anywhere in the world. Right, right. Yeah, they, they would have been wanting yeah, the real Aaron, uh, real Aaron <laughs> ass, not, not, not the virtual Aaron ass. <laughs> I think they would insist, yes. <laughs> and there's no amount of money that would make Aaron grab his ankles for that. Hopefully Jack Donovan isn't looking and listening to this getting <laughs> Actually, I am when when I fly out to Seattle, John. I'm gonna need you to come visit Jack with me. I don't want to go there by myself. That's <laughs> Jack is actually a you know from what I understand, he's a pretty he's a pretty mellow guy. Well, yeah. Well, he was on Chris's podcast, and people were talking. Yeah, Jack's. I've emailed and texted before. We I'm I'm not worried. I, uh, we give Jack guff. We probably you know for for the amount few times he ever comes on to a show, we give that poor guy so much guff, and he's. Well, he, he he can. I think he can take it. I understand. I understand. He one time he had a, a fifty caliber round shot, uh, fired at point blank at his chest, and it just it just bounced right off. Yeah. <laughs> no. We'll, we'll be calling him sir and being on our best behavior when we when we go visit him. So, all right. You guys got any articles you brought along, or no? We're we just gonna rip them apart based on our knowledge and experience with them. <laughs> uh, well, about millennials, I was just gonna to touch on the the, the one. The one thing, and I think Aaron is probably not going to be too sympathetic to this uh, because he actually wrote a book on this topic, is the thing of student debt. Because when I was in college, uh, it was relatively cheap, you know, compared to what it is now. Also, because of the financial background I came from, I, I pretty much went to college for free. I mean, I actually even got uh, a stipend. I also went to, um, I went local. I didn't go away to school. I mean, I did for one year, and then I came back because it was too expensive, and I pretty much got paid. Like after tuition and my books, I still had a couple of bucks left over from government grants. Right. And yeah, I don't that's think... you. You paid your way through. Well, yeah. you didn't pay, but you got you got a hand. You're just you're, the general complaint is that what they they just go into student loan debt and they don't pay for it. What's what? Well, it, it's it's the amount of the debt. It's not just that they're in debt. It's I don't know what the exact numbers are on, on this. Uh, you probably know more about the, about it is because I know you had to do a little bit of research for when you wrote your book, Worthless. Mm. By the way, I'm plugging Aaron's book, Worthless, a good book. Um, but the, the amount of debt, because what has happened is because the government subsidizes higher education to the extent it does, that has artificially inflated the cost of a college degree. Right. 
because the government will just keep, you know, you know, they raise the tuition, then the government gives them more money. They raise the tuition, the government, you know, gives more, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's the same way that Obamacare is making health care costs go up. Oh, don't get me started on. I think I think I talked to you off air about that. And yeah. What happened to my, yeah. my insurance? Because uh, I'm self-employed like you guys, and I had to pay my 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 insurance is over 400 bucks a month after this Obama debacle. Yeah. Right. Right before we went on the air, I was doing my taxes, and I just like. My, my head was starting to, like, the actual temperature of my forehead was getting warmer because I was <laughs> dealing with my tax, my Obamacare taxes. And then, and then I, as I was, you know, shelling out, I was thinking, um, you know, of Hillary Clinton and her promise to, you know, the, the way she wants to get the millennial vote is to promise that they'll have forgiveness of their student loans. So and then all that all that is is a wealth transfer from the taxpayers to professors and academians. Exactly. And also, That's all that is. And also yeah. generational wealth transfer from our generation, of course. Like this is our, our working life. This is when we're making the most money we're ever going to make. And what is our money going to? It's going to Viagra for baby boomers and free college for millennials if Hillary Clinton gets her way. It. And, and so my, my forehead is just getting warmer and warmer and warmer. And well, this is back to Anne's point. While she has equal disgust for both of the generations uh, at either end of our spectrum, is basically we're getting fucking spit-roasted. Yeah, because um, yeah. we're, we're demographically smaller than either of them, and between the two of them put together, they can basically vote themselves our fucking paychecks. Yeah, but they... I don't even give them that much... I'll give the baby boomers that much intelligence because they're old enough and wise enough to say, oh, shit, oh, crap, we need other people's money, and so they'll secretly vote for Hillary Clinton or whatever else have you. The millennials and Gen X when we were young, we were dumber than fuck, and the millennials are even dumber than that. I didn't think there'd be a generation dumber than Gen X, but the millennials have proven it, and they are just voting themselves into their own debt because in the end, like they'll roll over the national debt, and if it ever comes due, which I doubt it will, they just probably default on it. But they are the ones digging their own hole, voting in Obama, voting in Obamacare. I mean, right there, that's a wealth transfer from young to old. And these dipshit kids are so stupid. They're so dumb. I mean, we could point out that, okay, they're going to go major in English or sociology or whatever else have you. But they, they literally shoot themselves in their own foot when it comes to their own voting. And that's why, like, it's the question of the devils or the dupes. The devil is malicious, knows he or she what they're doing, and they're purposely stealing from you, say, the baby boomers. <laughs> but these millennials are dupes. They're just fucking sheep. Yeah. They, they are so fucking clueless about everything, about everything, that they don't even realize but what kind of tools they're being used by the Democratic Party. It's just like it's like the black community. I mean, I don't know how much more obvious it could be. Like, ha has this ever worked once? in the past 60 years? Are you guys going to try Plan B anytime soon? Apparently not. No, we're just going to do the exact same thing over. Yeah, and you guys, actually, I gotta, I'm going to have to check out of this in 30 minutes because I, I uh, promised Forney I, he, he's going to actually be doing a live stream on uh, the chimp out last night in Milwaukee. Oh, oh that, yeah. I, I just heard about it today. Yeah, that's that's my home state. Yours, yours too, Clary. What's, what happened to me? What? No, it, it, <laughs> Milwaukee is in your home state, as which is also my home state. Yeah, and I left Milwaukee because I hate the people. I, I really don't care what happens there. Like, I, as far as I'm concerned, that state and, and Minnesota, like, they, they deserve it. They, those people deserve everything to happen to themselves. There's very few states I actually cheer on. Like Texas, I'd get upset about. South Dakota, North Dakota, I'd get upset about. 
but these Midwest, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, when you meet these people, you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't care if you vote Republican. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes, and I hope you get stabbed in the eye by um, someone who hates your guts. And so, well, uh, you know, I was talking, I was talking to Jack Donovan about this. Like, I live in Washington State, and if you take out Seattle, uh, Washington State's a beautiful place. You know, mm -hmm. if you got rid of all these, you know, SJW, you know, uber liberal types of, you know, gay pride parade fucks, uh, it'd be a great place. You know, and the same for uh, Oregon, if you got rid of Portland. It, great fucking place. It's just that what happens to these states is they get this one city where it's concentrated by these ultra liberal, um, especially here in Seattle because of all the, I, the huge IT industry, it tends to be all these geeks and uh, uh, you know, computer geek types, they're all, you know, millennial types, and they, they skew the voting for the whole state. you got one city dictating how the rest of Washington will vote. Right. Well, look at look at Ann over there in Illinois. You take out Chicago, it's a very conservative state. But that that's for every every state out there. You take every major city, you take it out, it's a conservative country. Uh, but population-wise, that's where it is. But I... I, I don't know what it, what happened in Milwaukee now. Did, did some some innocent, nice, wonderful church going uh, young man get <laughs> shot by the cops? Yeah, uh, it was actually in cold a blood. Boy Scout. It what? It was a Boy Scout. He was helping. It was a Boy Scout. He was helping yeah. his old grandma lady, right? Yeah. He yeah, was, he was helping across the street, and for no reason whatsoever, a cop car just pulled up and shot him in the head. Just shot him in the head, right? Okay. Well, was it was it like was it something like a, another Dindu, or was this actually a? A questionable one. Like, did the no, it, it wasn't questionable, and I, and I believe that the the officer that was involved in shooting is actually black himself. Oh, well, that's um, got that's got to piss off the BLM. Oh yeah, I'm sure they were praying that, that, that you know that, that it was some Irish cop, like a stereotypical sure, Irish sure. cop. Yeah. Um, and the Richie Cunningham or something. Yeah. Apparently, the perpetrator had a gun and was fleeing, but he turned around and aimed his gun at the officer while he was fleeing, and that's well, why would you why would you shoot that guy then? I, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. They had Sheriff Clark on. I just was watching this. Uh, I just saw a clip of it. Mm. Uh, apparently, the guy he was fleeing. The, the car was pulled over by the cops. There was two men in it. Uh, they fled. The police gave chase. Uh, one of the guys was caught up with. Uh, he was holding a gun. The police officer ordered him to drop the weapon. He did not. Uh, raised it towards the police officer. Yeah. Police officer fired. Struck him twice. Once in the chest. Once in the arm. And uh, that's the chest shot was fatal. All right. Well, see, I, when these things happen, I always wait because I one they're like terrorist attacks. It's such repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse. It's Groundhog Day, and so it's nothing new. Yeah. And then uh, usually I wait to find out a couple other things that happen because we had one up here in Minneapolis where it turned you know it turned out the guy actually was kind of I think it was mistaken identity actually, so that every once in a while you do have like a, a a legitimate illegitimate shooting you know if you know what I'm saying right um, but but nine out of ten it's like oh yeah right off the bat he was he didn't do nothing oh my gosh he was just he was building a cold fusion reactor and helping bring world peace. He was a he was a UN emissary over to to the UN, and then all of a sudden you find, oh yeah, well he might have had a rap sheet a mile long, and uh, he had a weapon, and yeah. So I I just kind of but there's nothing new here. There's there's nothing. It's well, I hadn't heard that the cop was black, but there have been black cops involved in other incidents where there's been a riot anyway. Mm. Well, they don't report those. That's that's not. Uh... 
that's not exciting. So, yeah. but uh, all right, Ann, what do you got? You got anything on your little anti-millennial raid? Uh, well, I, I I found an article the other day, and it's 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 actually in the Independent, and it's a, it's so short that I could probably read most of it out loud. But good, please do. All right, the the headline is millennials outraged over TV show portraying millennials as outraged. <laughs> Shoot, go ahead. <laughs> negative 20-something reporter declared producer's approach so negative. So, a millennial member of a focus group has angrily objected to the contents of a television program because it portrayed millennials as coddled, easily offended, and thin-skinned. The feedback for CBS's new comedy series, The Great Indoors, was recounted by its executive producer, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm a millennial myself. How are we so coddled, and what about our overly politically correct workplace bothers you? They asked somewhat stroppily at the panel. Like, that question asks, answers itself, you little retard. Um, it, oh, Stephen Fry was in it. I thought millennials liked him. Okay, so Stephen Fry, who stars in the show as a travel reporter, who becomes the boss of a group of millennials in the digital department of a magazine, he, I guess this was live at the panel. Stephen Fry jumps in to say, that there is an element of coddling in the generation and an element in which you have it tougher than the generation before. Then the millennial reporter says, yeah, no shit, and then said that she wanted the question answered by someone else because she didn't like Fry's answer. Oh, because he, he, he sort of wryly, in his Fry sort of way, noted that a previous generation in his family was sent to Auschwitz. So the, the, the subtext there is like, yeah, you, you have it a little bit tougher than the generation before in some ways, yeah. but also you have it a little bit easier. Well, this is, uh, I don't know if you're finished reading, but you're, I don't want to lose my thought, is uh, you guys remember like when we were young, um, the idea of being a victim was, uh, was shunned upon, like no one ever wanted to be thought of as a victim. At least that's how it was when I was young. Like, or at least you didn't get sympathy for it. Right. You, yeah. You like, got laughed at. Yeah, you got laughed at. You were like, that's the last thing you wanted to be was a victim. Now being a victim is like, it's almost like bizarre world where that's how you get status. And like, how you get money. It's an arms race. I mean, I, I heard, I don't know the exact figure, but one year Anita Sarkeesian, the famous Gamergate profiteer, she was she was doing a speaking event at the end of the year, and up till that, up, it, it was three quarters of the way through the year, and up till that point in the year, her her Patreon or whatever had taken in like twenty or thirty grand or something, um, and she she canceled the speaking event because she claimed that someone was making death threats against her. It kind of looks like she was making that up and sending herself the death threats via Twitter through a sock puppet account. Mm -hmm. So she cancels the speaking engagement. The last quarter of the year, she got four hundred, like three or four hundred thousand dollars, because people just paid her money for saying she was a victim. Well, who who sends this? Is this women's groups or is it just yeah, sucker it's, it's beta dumb, males? I mean, who is it? White knights? Dumb fucking feminists, basically, like of of whatever gender or non-gender or combination of genders. But so, yeah. Short answer is yes. People are getting points for being victims. They're getting money for being victims. I was saying more so. You see it in college and high school, where 
of course, my theory is laziness explains everything, and the more oppressed you are and the more of a victim you are, the more special treatment you get and the more attention you get. And if you are a lazy, worthless fuck and don't care to work at all or contribute or produce anything in value in life, you're going to find a substitute. Usually people run to religion. So now we got this psycho religion, especially with these millennial kids, where they got to – and, and I always, this is the theory I concocted to explain these Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors of, of gender. We're like, why the fuck is this happening? This makes absolutely no sense. So I had to sit down and figure it out. These people, I mean, and like I said, it's a it's an arms race to see who can become the most oppressed or the most, uh, not marginalized, although that too, but to come up with the their very own unique combination of victimhood right. that no one else has, and therefore since they're this unique freak, and that's what they are. This, and maybe they don't even really believe in it. Like, oh yeah, I'm pansexual. Sure, whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, but I'm pansexual, so no one else can claim that. And then therefore, you have like this substitute worth or value, not because of an accomplishment or any kind of achievement, but because of this unique trait that nobody else happens to have. Right. And I, I think for a lot of white kids, especially white males, th like everyone just tells them that they're evil by birth, and so they're looking for a loophole. Like, well, I'm I'm a white guy and I'm straight, but uh, I'm really should have been born a woman. So you guys can't fuck with me. Well, that's why I became a uh, trans black Jew. <laughs> that's right. Even though you you claim you don't date the dark meat, as you said yesterday. Well, I I, well, I have an affinity for. Uh, uh, the the lighter skins, but yeah, I'm that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that I'm trans black Jewish. Wait, doesn't okay. that make you a self hating trans black Jew? Uh, I may suffer from that element as well. That's another <laughs> another check mark on my my and my victim box. Yes. But then what what angers me is that see, and I only run into these kids online. I, I don't run into these people in the real world because if I ever did, they, they would not <laughs> get up again. No, I wouldn't shoot them. I'd, I'd just be ripping them a new one. I think I think humans have this sixth sense not to they, – they can sense who's not going to tolerate bullshit, and then they know someone who's be a sucker and go for it. But online, where it's like they present this as like you're supposed to treat me like I'm an equal, like I'm an adult. You're supposed to treat this as, as – and if not, then you're an ist of choose whatever you know various – traits of qualities and characteristics I've chose myself to be. But this this arrogance and egotism to, that I'm supposed to treat you like oh, like worship and bow down at your feet or somehow walk around eggshells for you because you claim to have this fucking identity thing? No, no, that's that's where it's like, now get the fuck out of here. You either fucking do a job, you produce some of value in society, you advance society in some way or another, you do your part to contribute to it, or you're just a parasite. No matter how cute and how many ornaments you put up on your pansexual, sapiosexual, um, oogity boogity, uh, trans by gender treat. No, you're still just a fucking piece of deadwood, and you're not contributing. <laughs> no, I agree, and you raise an interesting point, Aaron. About I do think in the real world, a lot of these people can sense who will put up with that and not put up with it. Mm -hmm. Even in Seattle, where I live, which is you know filled with these types of people. Um, I, I think they kind of get the vibe from me that I, I, you know, don't tolerate that. You know, yeah. I, I actually worked with a bunch of millennials a couple of years ago when I was employed at an advertising agency as a proofreader, and I wasn't the most popular person there. <laughs> You're not the most popular person here, Ann. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been the most popular person, even when I'm in a room by myself. But, uh, but. Uh, the, 
I, I had the most sort of mind-bending experience working with these kids because the minute I got hired, um, we were taken into a. It was kind of a small company, and we were taking taken into a room with the CEO. So it was like the the new employees all got to sit around with the CEO, and most of them were millennials. Some of them were making lateral moves, but um, the the CEO was a woman, and she stands up in front of this, it, it must have been 20 people, this, this, this group of new hires, most of them millennials, and starts talking about how women in advertising are almost starting to get a foothold, but there's still so much more work to be done, and we really need to pull together as women. And I looked around the room, and out of like about 20 people that had been hired that year, I'm not kidding you, every single one was female. Right, that's what I was going to ask. Isn't most women, isn't most advertising agencies female to begin with? Well, the people who do the actual work are usually men. But well, the, duh. But the people who deal with the customers are usually women, and they had hired all like these useless sort of customer-facing staff who are just pretty much dead weight. So I, I kind of raised my hand, and I was like, I, I sort of pointed that out, like, like, well, I think we're doing pretty good. Like, everyone in here is a woman. And the CEO just gave me this blank look. <laughs> <laughs> and just went on to the next thing she was saying. But well, that was a Kodak moment right there. That was like, hey, the emperor has no clothes. And the emperor kept walking. <laughs> just dongle hanging out. I'm just going to keep walking. Nobody said that. Like you can, you can literally say the emperor has no clothes, and, it'll be, and everyone will be like, "Well, that's okay." I mean, he's he's anti-clothing sexual. We've got to put up with. I, I I think the this is what we're witnessing with this millennial generation, and pe a lot of people say, "Oh, you're just slamming on because fashion." No, we we actually hate you guys that much, we, except for uh, the Beckloff and Davis Arini and Undertow and and Luke. Uh, we, bad, pretty, bad. Yeah, yeah, well. Well, we can hate Matt. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Matt feeds on the hate. Yeah, it, you know, that, it just makes him stronger. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't forget Edwin. Edwin can live. Edwin, yes, yeah, but uh, it, it's outside of those that we, we – I, I just – I'm looking at it, and it, you got to kind of suss out, okay, what's yellow journalism or what's just this insane, zany crap idiots are doing, and it just happens to make it to the front uh, uh, headline pages or the front lines. But then I look at, like, these surveys and, and – you actually run into them, and this is the first fully brainwashed generation, I think, that have been so brainwashed in leftist indoctrination and feminism and, and navel-gazing and, and, and frankly been lied to just to be capitalized off of. They are completely dysfunctional adults when they graduate from high school. I mean, I would even say they are the effect of, uh, of being a mentally retarded, but without the excuse of, of having a, an actual mental disability. I mean they they're healthy. They 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 had all 26 chromosomes, uh but they are that dysfunctional plus they have ego, which I means I'd rather hire a kid with down syndrome because that kid doesn't typically have No, I'm being deadly serious. Like if there was a task for me to do and I it could be done by someone of a lower IQ, I'd say I probably if I, you said college graduate with a master's in sociology or uh, go to the the charity and ha go employ somebody with Down syndrome. I I really would take the kid with Down syndrome <laughs> because he's not evil. Yeah, <laughs> just, exactly, exactly. Well, well, just just that that article that I just read about Stephen Fry sitting there in a focus group, and and this this girl yelling at him for for interrupting her answer. Uh, I mean, if if 
you would hope that a member of any other generation, even the baby boomers, would, before opening their mouth, to complain offendedly about a show that depicted them as easily offended. Like, you would think there would be some moment of self-awareness. Like, yeah, at least Gen Xers would get the irony. Yeah. We were yeah. all about irony. Right, we are. Yeah, we, oh, I'm sorry. we got to be extra ironic here for Chris Beckloff, so we yeah. have to be really... Have to be extra ironic for those. Yeah, kids. like like if there were a show that was depicting Gen Xers as ironic and sarcastic and you know losers, we'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're such losers. That was, <laughs> that was the '90s. Yep, that's it. That it was. But you know, Aaron, you said you said uh, the word ego. I think uh, an even better word for it is entitlement. They had this entitlement. Oh yeah. Right, yeah, but they've been given everything in the world, but mentally I'm saying as well, I'm not just talking finances, like everything has pretty much been bought and paid for them, but then like mentally, like the the interviewer or the uh, press agent that Anne was talking about in the article she was reading, how, how what kind of mental conditioning did you get to say, well, I don't want to talk to Steve Fry because he, I mean, where do you, where do you get off on that? What? <laughs> Like, like his IQ is literally double yours, honey. Just sit down and shut the fuck up. Right, but they, they're, like I said before, they're so programmed and so brainwashed, they're unaware. Like, here, let me, I got my article here, and I'll, just the scary truth about millennials and student loan debt. When it comes to student loans, millennials are adopting a dis disturbing, out-of-sight, out-of-mind attitude. New survey research for Citizens Bank shows the recent college graduates either lack information or choosing to remain willfully ignorant of the details surrounding their educational debt and how they're repaying it. Want proof? 45% of survey respondents didn't know what percentage of their salary went to paying off their loans. 37% were unaware of the interest rate on their loans. A very oblivious 15% were even unaware of how much they owe. And 44% claimed not to fully understand the difference between federal and private loans. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I was acutely aware of student loans and the interest rates and the debt, so much so that when I had extra money, I would take my student loans and put it in a CD that earned more than what I had to pay on the interest on my, on my student loans. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it directly affected your finances. These kids, how, how do half of you and I even know what's going on? No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, just The whole concept of debt itself disgusts me. I, I have zero debt. I paid off the mortgage to my, I, I own a condo. I paid off my mortgage in 11 years. Mm -hmm. on a 30-year mortgage. Uh, my, my car, I bought it with cash. Uh, I can't stand fucking debt. I pay off my credit card bill you know, in its entirety every month. It's, I mean, there's been a few times like where I needed a new transmission. I, I, I couldn't, you know, that, that had to go, you know, take two months. But I can't stand debt. I, I just, you know, don't have it. I don't, I don't even have a credit card. And, and people are like, well, you, don't you want to build up your credit? You need to have a credit card to build up your credit. And I'm like, I'm never going to use credits. Yeah, that shocks people. They're just like completely clueless. Like when you're like, I mean, I've even thought about that myself. Where it's like, well, if I borrowed a ton of money, then declared bankruptcy, I don't need a house anymore. And but I mean, evil and, and manipulation aside, at least you are aware of the concept of debt, Anne, and you therefore avoid it, right? These kids are like trophy wives. They don't know the difference between debt or equity spending. As long as the money is being spent and given to them, they'll go and piss it away on shoes and worthless degrees. Oh yeah, I and mean, then they'll I, bitch and whine when they gotta pay it back. Like what? Huh? How much? Huh? Well, they honestly believe that uh, college education should be free and everybody should be able to go to college. No, first off, it shouldn't be free, and two, no, everybody should not go to college. Most people are fucking morons. 
now. I think only maybe 10% of the population should even go to college. But see, this is what I've, I've, I've talked about in a couple of books or articles I've written before is the college experience. And this is, this is a conscious racket where it's, look, if the students get bailed out, that's money going straight to the to teachers and professors in academia. And right now we spend about a trillion dollars a year on education. So this is, this is bigger than big oil, more than twice of the U.S. oil industry. Um, but what they have been selling these kids piggybacking off of what was wise wisdom, say 50 years ago, you should go to college, is they make K-12 through such a horrendous and painful experience that when these kids are finally about to get out of high school and they're about to become adults, that there's this, this nirvana, this heaven, the land of Canaan that they finally get to enter, and that's college. And so they look at it as their birthright and what they're entitled to. Because I know it was kind of like me. Like I was like, I cannot wait to get the hell out of, out of high school. Can't wait to get out of here. And college was supposed to be all things better, where people were smart, and I'd find my people where I belong. And all it was, even back 20 years ago, was high school version 2.0. Yeah. And now, I mean, they, they are doubling down on this, lying to these kids, because they're not going to tell them the truth. They're not going to say, hey, look, you got to work a lot. Your parents are weaklings. They don't have a spine. They're not going to tell them. The, the student guidance counselors have no incentive to, to tell these kids. Plus, they don't want to uh, have their ego bruised and say, yeah, me going into student counseling was stupid. I got a stupid degree. I'm making jack shit. Uh, so they want to yell at it. And they, a lot of them also want to just keep that money gravy machine going. Like, we don't care if they're kids or not. Let's get – hey, the parents paid K through 12 with their property taxes. Now we can really stick it to the kids, and they're so stupid. They're such sheeple. They're such lemmings. They'll borrow $150,000. And give it to us. And so they, you have the powers that be, education, government, even parents lying to these kids, telling them, oh, yeah, you got to go. You have educate, or the, the media, uh, uh, entertainment, say, oh, yeah, you got to go. So that when these kids, they think that, that college has some value or it's a, it's a goal unto itself, when it's like, no, the, it's not until you graduate from college is the real score going to be caught or tracked. But then when you tell them that their life dream is pointless and stupid, especially when they major in dumb shit, oh, they're, 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 they're off the right, they're gone. They're gone. You're never going to save them. Yeah. Well, I, I agree, but um, do you, do you, uh, what are the answers for the, the millennials? Like, if, We're not talking about the kids in high school now, but like those who have already gone through this, all right, they're already in debt, they're, they're in their mid, mid, mid to late 20s. What, what, what can they do? I mean, you know, or... What can we do about this? I mean, because this is going to impact us one way or another. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of two things. They're either salvageable or savable, or they're not. I mean, in a parallel or an analogy, would be like a forty-five-year-old feminist. Like you can go up to her and say, "Look, you've just pissed away your entire life. You've pissed away all your youth. You have another maybe forty years of life left. Now, are you going to admit you did it wrong and that you've passed up on?" a family, a husband, and kids, and a worthless career. You're always panhandling for government grant money. And Are you going to go and live life or maybe going to spend time with your nieces and nephews? Are you going to do something that you want to do, or are you going to still adhere to this religion? And in the case, if we're going to use feminists as proxy, uh, sadly, I think the religion and, and their ego and their entitlement or their, their, their pride is so strong, they're going to stick with it. Same thing with the black community. It's like, okay, how many more generations of blacks and Hispanics and minorities are we going to have to go through that live in poverty 
have standards of living of about 70-75% that of white people before you admit that you guys were wrong and you goofed it up. When are you going to try something different? And so when it comes to the millennials, I think if we use any other human uh, as a proxy and how much do they subscribe to these religions, I think the conversion rate is going to be very low. I mean, we'll get you'll get maybe 5 maybe 10%, the people who really don't want to waste their lives. But the older you get, the more buyer's remorse you're going to have. I just – these millennials now who've got all this debt and um, they, they – they have poor employment prospects, especially if they have a lousy degree. It, it really is a question of ego versus uh, empiricism. And I think the human mind and the, especially the millennial generation being, frankly, the inferiors that they are, they're going to go with ego and pride and they're going to double down and they're going to die. They're just going to waste the rest of their lives and they're going to live miserable lives. Well, the, the one glimmer of hope I see is there is a decline in uh, people subscribing, as, as Aaron, I think, correctly called it a religion, of feminism. I'm starting to see women um, actually say this feminism shit is bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're starting to say, you know what, this is a, a false bill of goods they sold us here. This is not working out. This is not reality. Feminism doesn't work. Um, I mean, Anne, Anne was kind of funny. Do you remember, Anne, when they, we, were, uh, we were talking about the women in the military? Yeah. That was kind of a hot button for you because you you were you were like what the fuck yeah. like and and was and was scared about because they they literally opened up uh, the military to uh, excuse me they opened up uh, females to serve in all branches of the military I mean I'm including like you know Delta Force and the Navy SEALs here sure right and you know Anne was joking about like now they're gonna expect her to pull a 220 pound guy out of a fucking burning tank. <laughs> You know, and Anne's like she can't, uh, she can't even join a hangout for crying out loud, let alone get a guy out of an M1 Abrams. <laughs> well, I think that's a physical skill versus a mental skill, ah, or a technological skill. Right, but okay, how many of the women were all like, "Yeah, we can do this. We could become a ranger. We could become a green beret." I mean, what what, what was the general response? Well, that, that's the thing is, is I think women. Well, all right, Anne, you you speak to that. All right, you, please, you, well, you speak to that. From what I've heard, uh, you know, the, 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 the feminists are still going, well, you have to lower the standards now. <laughs> <laughs> like, no pull-ups, no push-ups, just no physical requirements. Just send us out there with a gun that we can't even lift. God, I'd love to do that. <laughs> I'd be like, yep, here's your gun. Go out there. Go kick ass. <laughs> All the women. Yeah, you can do it. You're a woman. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah, you go, girl. You go, girl. The you go, girl brigade. Here's your gun. Nah, you you can figure it out. You're smart. You have a master's degree in women's studies. You can. <laughs> That's a whole bunch of people whose student loans we won't have to pay off. Yeah, that would be worth a. You know, here's you know, don't even give him ammo in the M M16. It's like here you go. <laughs> I don't think they know the difference. I mean, do they do they have the uh, uh, ability and coordination to actually pull the trigger? Uh, I don't think they have the ability to know to put one in the chamber, prime it, turn the safety off, or switch from burst to full to semi. I don't think they... I, I think the capacity for those skills is actually removed in the course of getting a women's studies degree. I Yeah. Well, here's the... They'd never, they would never put themselves in harm's way because that's actual work and risk. Yeah. Um, and and I do appreciate the women that do join the military and want to, like, because they actually go through basic training and then... But the the pontificators who sit over in their ivy towers and, well, they should become, you know, but we shouldn't, we should lower the standards. And, yeah, okay, whatever, miss. 
I mean, fucking... no, but, but find women joining the military, like, and Anne spoke about this at length. She put some uh, thought into it, apparently. I didn't know she knew as much about it as she did when I interviewed her. Was about how the military, you know, needs women like in in uh, support roles. Like for example, oh, yeah. there's a million things women can do in the military besides being uh, frontline soldiers. Yeah, but I mean, we... going back to Eisenhower, Eisenhower was like, we no longer have just a tent with one stack of letters in it for our office. We need thousands of office workers just in you know to run one military base, and we don't want to have able-bodied men doing those roles. Right. We got to go out and get shot at. You girls go sit. You go look at the radar screen. Tell us where the enemy is. Yeah, go over there. There's some. There's some dots over there. Yeah, but I mean, do we really want? I mean, I don't think people realize, you know, the, the serious implications for this. If they start lowering the standards uh, of physical standards of, of Navy SEALs, do you realize how much of a fuck up that could be? Yeah. Oh, it. We have. Have, have gotten... you seen SEAL training? No. I saw movies about SEAL training, but I haven't. There's great had documentaries on SEAL training. I actually, mm-hmm. I've actually met SEALs uh, from my gun range. This, that shit's no joke, man. I mean, not just physical toughness. You've got to be a certain type of mental toughness that I think. And I'm not saying this to be like purposely sexist or anything, but it, it's kind of a male trait to have that kind of that kind of mental toughness it takes to to uh, go through that. You mean so a woman writing about the intersectionality between race and feminism, her, her ability to write that thesis isn't going to really help her in the Navy SEALs? Uh, probably not, especially uh, during Hell Week. <laughs> you do realize it's heterosexist to say woman. I don't give a flying fuck when any one of those people say, and when anyone ever says that I'm racist or bigoted or homophobic, I say, yep, what are you going to do about it, faggot? And then they're like, dang, dang. You ever like... <laughs> It's been rare, like I said, John and I are talking, but like people know, they they can sense it. But it's happened to me twice, where someone has tried to correct me, and I just like, no, fuck you, faggot. What are you gonna do? And then they just like, no, what are you gonna do? You're gonna make me, you know? And then you just say, shady, shady, fag, fag, shady, shady, fag, fag. How do you do? South Park. Anybody know that one? No. It's familiar. Never mind. Just get in their face that it just it's it's fun. It feels great. And they'll never do anything because they're liberals and leftists. They'll never throw a punch. Yeah. Well, they've they've uh, they've misused and overused terms like racist and sexist to such a degree that they don't mean anything anymore. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the millennials. That's one good thing the millennials have done is they have so made it that, like in the olden days, if you were called a racist or a sexist, that actually meant something. Like it meant you were a bigot, and and because someone had different uh, equipment downstairs or a different pigment in their skin, you didn't like them. Uh, now it's just like I mean, really, it is kind of like yeah, sure, okay, they're racist, whatever. And now it'd be like you know, yeah, I'd hire a racist, I hire a sexist, because chances are they're not racist and they're not sexist. The only reason people would call them that today is because they actually stood for principle or something and hold people to standards that are genuinely not racist or sexist. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like a yeah, okay, I see you, all right, yeah, I, I, you've already you know, if you're a racist. Right now, that means I have, I place more value on that today than I would if you had a college degree from a liberal arts college. Because at <laughs> least you're principled. At least at least you pissed off somebody who's a dick. And so I'm like, okay, maybe you're on team asshole. All right, maybe I like you. Well, did you ever see the film um, Full Metal Jacket? Long time ago. Yeah, it's an old. Yeah, well, I figured we're all uh, Gen Xers, so mm-hmm. might have seen that. Well, uh, Lee Emery uh, uh, is plays the uh, Marine drill, drill instructor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, in real life, he was a Marine drill instructor, fought in the Vietnam War. But uh, there's this funny scene in it where he goes, "I want you to know that 
I don't discriminate against niggers, wops, pipes, <laughs> uh, mix. What well, you're all equally worthless. Yeah. And that's kind of how I look. You know, like Aaron, you're the same way, right? You, you don't I'm get a misanthrope. A yeah, I'm yeah. a misanthrope. I hate people. I hate them all. Until you prove to me otherwise, I, I pretty much don't care if you get hit by a truck. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally different from you guys. I love everybody. Yeah, right. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I when I think of Aunt B, I think, oh yeah, Ann Sturzinger. Yep, there she is with her with her apple pie. Well, <laughs> I, I was thinking, uh, you know, we were talking about monetizing uh, uh, monetizing online presence for doing nothing. I really think that whole uh, mis mistress misanthrope thing, and I think you, you really should have worked on that because I think there was some green to be made. Yeah, I'll just have to put the put the labor into it, get it going. Why are you like kind of focusing more on your books and everything? I mean, that's your main, that's your bread and butter, right? Yeah. Okay, and you got a day job or no? Uh. Yeah, but I don't like to talk about it because I. Well, don't no, you don't have to. Ch I'm just wondering if you have a job. That's like during the day, or if like you 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 live off of your royalties being an author. A uh, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Okay. No, she has she has a job. She just doesn't want to say what it. No, no, I don't want anyone I, to tell I, me. I, I don't. I don't want SJWs pestering the the people I associate. No, no, I I completely understand. No, I I understand that. I'm just wondering, like you know, if because otherwise, seriously, I. I'm working on a project, and hopefully it'll be done in about three or four days. But this work hard, writing economics shit. No, no, that that ends now. I'm capitalizing on women's beauty, and I'm infusing sex with economics, and I'm going to make a a different strategic, implement a different strategic plan uh, this year. Uh, but seriously, if you can make money on desperate men and on your looks, absolutely go and do it. I'd be capitalizing off of that shit if I could, no matter what. Yeah. So, Anne, that's a hint that maybe investing in the breast implants could pay off in the long run. <laughs> I mean, maybe if I did it, did it myself, I could save some money. How much does a pair of boobs cost? I mean, it seems like it must be a good investment. It's a good I don't know. Industry. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Um, how much does a breast do? Well, I don't even think Anne has to do that. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, you're not ugly, Anne. You're in shape. Uh, all you have to do is, like... I don't know, pose on your website, you know, cutesy cue or whatever. I'm not saying doll yourself up in a French maid outfit, but sex sells. I mean, you don't have to be offering sex either to get it. So if you just, you know, you get a bunch of, look, he, what's his name? Who's that, that sucker? Um, he's easily duped. You gotta you know, narrow that down, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that guy like once one he interviews any cute blonde who happens to be conservative. Oh, John Steele, that's the guy. See, look, uh, all, all it took wow. is one cute little set of tits, and he just gave her a platform, man. He just he just rolled over on his back and invited her right in. That's <laughs> yeah, because everybody knows uh, women totally. You know, I'm I'm, I'm putty in a woman's hands. That's, yes, <laughs> that's that's my rap. Yeah. Women yeah, walk all over me. You'd, you'd like to be putty in uh, Blondie's hand. What's her name again? Uh, well, her real name's Rebecca. Rebecca, Blonde in the, okay. Blonde in the Belly of the Beast is, uh, is her uh, online handle. You'd be okay if, if she like came over and bought you coffee or something. Uh, yeah, well, if we did something after the coffee. Yeah. Well, I, I know. I, I'm, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be cool. <laughs> trying to be PG, yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean to, to be honest, Blonde is... is, is uh, 
uh, not my type. I just I just kind of thought uh, it was interesting to interview her because she lives in Seattle like myself, and she was the first ultra-red pill woman I've ever known about who lived in the same city as I do. And you can't really appreciate that unless you have lived in a city like Seattle, San Francisco, or mm. maybe Portland. No, I mean, in Minneapolis, it was the same thing. I mean, it's it's rare you'd ever find it. And I don't think I really... Like, I'd find a milky toast Republican, but nothing like a total red pill, hardcore, like, yeah, fuck Obama type shit. I, I haven't seen that in Minnesota at all. Yeah, well, and, and to be honest, the blonde's backstory was similar to mine because she had also worked in New York City as well. So there was, Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So we, 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 there was a lot, of th- a lot of parallels in there, so I did find her interesting in, in that regard. Not not just trying to bang her, but and I'm not, I'm not trying to bang her. She's 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 uh, uh she's involved with someone. She's actually dating a marine. Oh yeah, then you definitely do not want to bang her. That, that then you get your ass kicked and that would hurt. Oh, I've taken out some marines on the map. Yeah, I I prefer sociology professor. If I have to, if I'm going to nail or go after a girl who's already spoken for, I hope her boyfriend is like a sociology professor or. Um, a public school teacher or Women's lawyer, yeah, not marine. Marine ranks is like one of the last things I'd want the girl's boyfriend to be. That would be one of the last, probably the last. I can't think of anything more intimidating than a marine. Uh, <laughs> a Navy SEAL. Okay, well, yeah, all right, a Navy SEAL. But once we get into that military professional killer kind of thing, and it's just kind of like, yeah, I, I think I will uh, respect their wedding vows, and, um, and what is your, them... what is your What does your boyfriend do for a living? He kills people. <laughs> yeah, you can buy that drink for yourself. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right nice. Oh, thank you for his service, and I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> God, that would be, wouldn't that be something cool? Here's somehow we can, ah, shit. Well, you can do this, John. I can't because I'm already spoken for. We sh- and you can do this too. We should just find millennial boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands and wives and ruin their relationships. Just come in there and ruin their relationships. Like John, you find a cute little millennial girl who's got her pussy boyfriend who drinks coffee, works as a barista, and he's like, uh, he's a barista, all right. <laughs> and then you destroy that relationship and you see the dopey uh, millennial kid who's got his girlfriend over there and she's getting her masters in philosophy and then you sniper him right away from the from her clutches and then when you both dump him afterwards so everybody's miserable except us and then we laugh <laughs> Aaron what, yeah. what do you think we've been doing <laughs> I don't know do you, you know guys dating anyone like I've, done, I've done shit like that I'm just I did it to like people my own generation, but then ten years ago I stopped. I... <laughs> All right, well, listen, let's wrap this up. I do appreciate you guys. Why don't, uh, John? Why don't you go ahead again? Tell everybody uh, your website where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Just Google. Just go to the YouTube search and uh, search for John Steele Show, and uh, you can find my uh, find my interviews there. Cool. And why don't you tell everybody about your books and your website? All right, uh, annsturzinger.com, you can find uh, my hit novel, Nusquam, which is Latin for n- not nowhere. I spell can't... it. Just spell it. Uh, uh, N-V-S-Q-V. Jesus Christ. Oh, See? fuck See? it. Exactly, exactly. It. That's my whole point right there. <laughs> All right, N-V-S-Q-V-A-M. <laughs> N-V-S-Q-V-A-M? Yeah, that's, that's Latin for nowhere. 
Okay, so just search Latin for nowhere, then copy and paste that into Amazon. <laughs> just just go just go to and There. Okay. The books. Buy the fucking. Well, that's not the only one you've written, though, right? Yeah, I've written a bunch of them. Um, well, what are the other ones? Uh, the Talkative Corpse, Girl Detectives, and a translation of In the Sky by Octave Mirbeau. I'm also working on a self-help book called the, uh, the, the, the Traumatized Child's Hot Body Guide. And, um, it, that it's, it's, sounds interesting. What's that yeah. one? Uh, it's, it's, it's about how to, how to um, make your insanity make you in shape instead of letting it make you fat. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Well, if, if feminists had any intellectual honesty, that would be a bestseller, but they don't. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks for, ha thanks for being on, guys. I do appreciate it. That was um, fun, buddy. Yeah, and then uh, just so you guys know, this will be the second segment. I interviewed another guy, so it's going to be first segment, and then I have my, my, uh, my sponsors, and then it will be this one. And then I won't have to podcast tomorrow. It will be great. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, oh, and I did want to thank you a lot, John, for helping me out with uh, setting up this uh, – this, uh, Google Hangout thing. Uh, huh. No problem, I, brother. Yeah, now I feel almost as tech-savvy as the backloft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you uh, you Gen Xers continue being ironic, okay? All right. All right, buddy. Peace out. All right, see you guys. Good night.